What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Geek Scott Game, the Geek versus All video game talk show. Hopefully, you're joining us, uh, whether at the website, on YouTube, or whatever your favorite podcast streaming platform is. I'm Josiah Leroy. With me today, my usual crew of awesome gaming geeks here. John, Mr. Disruptoid. John, how many hours did you put into Last of Us Part 2? 23 and a half. 23 and a half. Pretty solid, pretty solid. We'll get into uh, just a just a little bit on Last of Us here in this episode, Mister Jeffrey Povs. On a scale of one to ten, what did you think of today's uh, Pokemon news? Hmm, I think I'm more interested in the response to it than the actual announcement. <laughs> I was really hoping we wouldn't talk about that at all. <laughs> no, no, I had to bring it up. John is uh, incredibly uh, depressed by what went down this morning. <laughs> I uh, I saw some of what was going on uh, in our, our comment section there, so that's okay. Uh, Rashawn, the Platinum King himself. The true question is, unfortunately, this was spoiled for me pre-show, but the question was going to be, have you Platinum The Last of Us Part 2 yet? I knew that was coming. I have not, and I will not. It, <laughs> it, will, just, it will just be a normal game, and it, it'll be that. <laughs> John, if if I'm not mistaken, you're pursuing a platinum on this, or at least you were talking about it. Undecided. I'm not sure if I. I I'm not a big. Uh, I'm not a big collectible kind of guy. I don't like hopping back into games just for the sake of collectibles and like looking looking for stuff. And that's all this platinum is. So if you look through the trophy list, it is just finding the the trading cards and the stuff like that. I don't. I don't feel like doing that. So I, I'm still like. I'm. I'm thinking about it just because I want to spend more time with the game. But to me, just doing a full second playthrough is more valuable than hopping in and just going chapter to chapter and looking for collectibles. So it's understandable. Uh, and it is a meaty game for uh, a game in the uh, genre that it is. But speaking of collectibles, you guys do have some real world collectibles there that you're showing off. And yeah. if you're watching the video version, you can see Rashawn. There was someone's creeping on him right now. Look at that. That was wild. Look at that life size. So before the yes. show, is- before the show, I specifically planted because uh, spoilers, <laughs> I have one of those too. I planted it off screen and I was going to show it on stream. But I'm recording as a, as a little surprise. But at, right before we start recording, Rashawn goes, guys, I got something to show you. And he reaches off screen and pulls out this huge baby Yoda. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I couldn't wait. I had to show mine, too. That was just perfect. Listen, man, it's just, I think things happen for a reason. And I think something like that just shows I am always one step ahead of John Fig. Oh, I don't know wow. when to learn. That's interesting. You know what? I'll say this, Rashawn. You, you would have not been a step ahead of him had you gotten that through FedEx. Dang, ah, that's that, a good inside joke. You know what? You know what? Yes, that, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> uh, ironically enough, I do not have uh, the child here, Mr. Star Wars. I do have a little version of it, like a little, little one. Uh, I did start a rewatch of The Mandalorian this week because my dad has not seen it. So we're going through episode by episode. Man, it's so much fun. That's I awesome. love that show. But we are here to talk video games today, so thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, we always have a blast with this in its new, newish bi-weekly format. We've been going uh, for about a month and a half here. Uh, we've got a lot of news to get to today. I swear the news was basically like tailored to all of my my favorite fandoms. We've got a new Crash Bandicoot game. We've got a new Star Wars game coming. We finally maybe kind of sort of heard what Rocksteady is doing. You've heard me <laughs> whining about it for years. So we'll get to all of that. But first, as we start most episodes here, we're going to talk about what is in our system. We're going to go a little bit out of our normal order today because there's a good reason for that. But Jeff, uh, what has been in your system? What are you playing these days? Well, I've been playing two things that are significantly more uplifting than The Last of Us Part 2, I imagine. 
Um, firstly, I dove right into the first expansion for Pokemon Sword and Shield last week, the Isle of Armor. Jumped into that the day that the DLC pack came out. You, When you purchase the expansion pass, it's $30. You get Isle of Armor, and then that already pays for the one that's coming out later this year, the Crown Tundra. Um, so you can kind of look at this as just like a $15 payment. And I think there's plenty of content in there that justifies this. I'm getting the sense that Game Freak is doing these DLC packs in place of the third expanded game or expanded sequels that they did with Pokemon games in the past. Super happy and I think this that. is a little bit... Yeah, I think this is a bit a better value for it because even though this, you know, may be a smaller experience as opposed to like a Pokemon Platinum or Pokemon Crystal, Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, there's more new content in here. There's a brand new area to explore, the Epinemis Isle of Armor. It's basically another wild area. There's over a hundred new Pokemon that were added to the game. Uh, a light story in there that you can go through all kinds of new challenge battles. So if you if you didn't get your fill of Pokemon Sword and Shield last year, I definitely recommend this. I think there's plenty in there for Pokemon fans to enjoy. The other thing I've been playing from time to time, and we kind of laughed about this a couple months ago when we were talking about my favorite part of the one Nintendo Direct, it's Clubhouse Games. Nice. 51 Worldwide Classics. There uh, it is. It's only, it's only $40, so it's not a you know full-fledged game. You know, If it was a $60 purchase, I think that would have been a little bit much. Uh, but $40, it's fun. It, it's really cool because there's a lot of games in there that I've always wanted to try out, but have just never had the opportunity to play. Things like Shogi, Gamoku, Mancala. I had never played Mancala in my life until about a week and a half ago, and I'm now obsessed with it. It's my favorite game to play on there. Uh, It's it's so (laughs) much fun. Uh, Domino's is another one that I've always enjoyed, but just never really... I I never knew a lot of other people who played it. Chess as well. I love chess, but I'm not good at at chess. So that presents a little bit of a conundrum. Dude, that's good. I'm happy you ended up picking that up because uh, mm-hmm. you, you were definitely excited about that. It's good so, time. Good stuff. Uh, to no one's surprise, we're, we're going to shift into a game that the rest of the three of us are playing here. Uh, we've got to let John go first. This is a game that was high on his and on most people's lists, but truly, really at the top of John's for a good long time. Uh, the Last of Us Part 2, of course, we're talking about. We're going to keep things spoiler-free for you, folks. So if you have not played the game, do not worry. We're not going to uh, spoil anything. We're not going to ruin any detail for you. We are going to give just some impressions. But uh, John, hit us with some of those impressions. You're, you're finally here. You finally have this in hand and have played the game. I do. I think it is safe to say that this is my most anticipated game of all time. I think the only game that would rival that would maybe be Halo 3. And uh, I think this would edge it out in terms of um, I was just much more of a gamer and much more into the the art form and the medium the entire time in between The Last of Us Part 1 and The Last of Us Part 2. And as many people know, The Last of Us Part 1 is my favorite game of all time. Followed closely by Breath of the Wild. They're like neck and neck. So very two different, very different games, but I'm a big fan of The Last of Us. Um, And I I am happy to say that The Last of Us Part 2 did not disappoint me whatsoever. Um, It blew me away. I, I... I think it's maybe fair to say that I was always going to like this game. I don't know if there's much they could have done to make me not like it. I I really dig what the folks over at Naughty Dog do. I I love that they are going to tell me a story and um, love it or hate the decisions that are in it. it, They're telling you a story. They have this this to present to you and they do it in a a beautiful way. Um, The the game is, it's it's the best looking game I've ever seen. Like I've never played a game that looks better. It's beautiful. The lighting is insane. Um, Gorgeous. Runs very well. I know it's capped at 30, but we're console guys, so we don't really care about that for the most part. It runs great. Um, 
in terms of a game, it is the best game that Naughty Dog has ever made. It plays better than anything else. Maybe closer, maybe Uncharted 4 is close to it, but there is so like they, they have figured out gameplay for The Last of Us. If, if, if there's any complaints about The Last of Us Part 1, it's that maybe the gameplay wasn't there. It was kind of just a, a stealth game and it didn't do that very well. There's so much more to do in this game, uh, gameplay-wise. The Ellie is so much quicker than Joel. That's not a spoiler. You know we're playing as Ellie in this game. Um, she has her, her switchblade, so she's so much more um, versatile when it comes to taking down clickers and stuff like that. She is just much more fluid to play with. And the number of stealth options are just so much better. Uh, I am traditionally a gamer who does not enjoy stealth. I see a room, I think about, okay, can I get one of these dudes down before I have to pull my gun out? Because I get bored by stealth gameplay. And this game has inspired me by level design alone, I would say, and level design and gameplay mechanics, it has inspired me to really enjoy the stealth elements of it. Um, one of the biggest reasons is, and I've heard you can do this in the first one, but I played the first one like five times and I never really ran into this scenario. In this game, they really emphasize reestablishing cover and reestablishing your stealth. So if I'm trying to be stealthy and I blow my cover, Ellie is so quick and the levels are designed in such a way that it is easy for you to get lost again. So if I have to take somebody out and I miss a headshot and they get alerted, I can easily duck around, hide in some grass, go behind a car, and they and they strategically put grass behind that. So like they know I'm behind the car, I can sneak in the grass, and now I'm lost again, and I can reattempt my stealth. That's been awesome for me. That was a lot of fun. Um, I should say that I have completed the game. Uh, I think I'm the only one here that has done that. I said it at the top of the show. It took me about 23 and a half hours. Um, I felt like I explored. I, did, I didn't rush through it. I'm one of those guys who is not trying to find everything in the game uh there's tons of different collectibles that i won't even mention because some of those are even spoilers but um i've barely scratched the surface with that kind of stuff um and i and i and i felt like i was exploring so there's a lot in there for you to, to look around and collect if you are into it um we'll, we'll talk a little bit or, a little bit later about some of the the negative reviews about this game but it has blown me away i think it's uh i think it's a straight up masterpiece and i think you should definitely play it um if you like the first one at all there's no reason you shouldn't give this game a chance. It, don't listen to don't listen to what's out there to the people who have hated on this game based on a couple of tentpole story moment spoilers. That this game is incredible. If you like the first one, you're gonna like this one. Yeah, I, well said on on all fronts there, John. It's it's uh, we talked about it. I believe last Geeks Got game. Like you know, I love especially when my friends have this this game, whether it's in. Uh, a standalone game or a, a sequel, a, a game in their their favorite series that they've just been waiting for. And you've been waiting for that one. Here we are seven years later. Uh, we, we finally get it. And it, it sounds like, you know, by all accounts, from your point of view, it was worth the wait. It was. I have one more thing I have to squeeze in there. I promised a friend. I'm not sure if we're ever going to do a full review of this game. Hopefully we'll get to it. Um, but I wanted to mention this, that this game has next level accessibility options. And it is amazing. You boot this game up. And the first thing it asks you to do is customize all of your view options. You can set all of the like subtitles to have different color. Like you can have the subtitles be any size, any color you want. You can change whether or not you want the name of the person who is speaking to be part of the subtitles. You can have the name and the title itself be different colors. There's just like awesome next level stuff that other games that just don't don't include. Um, I haven't explored any like much of the other ones that that uh, would would benefit somebody who has those accessibility needs, but. The, the industry seems to echo the fact that it has been incredible. So shout out to Naughty Dog for thinking of stuff like that. And we've seen articles too on that where it's like a guide to the accessibility settings. Like that's really cool. You don't see that ever. Uh, so hopefully that is something that will become a trend as we move forward. And I, I believe it will be because there's an awareness for it. Um, 
Rishon, so you're you're a little bit ahead of me uh, in terms of where you are in the story. Why don't you talk about your impressions so far, how much uh, you're enjoying it, so on and so forth. Yeah, man. Um, so I'm nine hours in, uh, and you know, I guess one thing I should I should preface my comments by saying too is that The Last of Us uh, Part One for me, um, you know, I still remember going to pick that game up, man. That that was that was a special time. Uh, that game definitely. That was a game I was anticipating for a long time, and for me, and I'm, I'm guessing John obviously agrees. Uh, that was for me. There's almost no conversation, but it is the best game of last gen for sure. Um, came out right at the tail end, similar to what they're doing with Last of Us Two. Um, I acknowledge that that is the best game on the on the PlayStation Three, Xbox, you know, you know generation. Um, that that was an incredible game. The the cinema. I talked about this on one of the first shows I ever did here. The how cinematic that game is is ridiculous. I think The Last of Us now as a series um, is the most cinematic ongoing series we have in gaming right now. The only rival was Uncharted and it's Naughty Dog. Um, so yeah, Last of Us. Even though I don't, I don't, I definitely don't talk about it as much as as someone like John does. The Last of Us. Don't get it twisted. That that game. This series has a special place in my heart for sure um with that being said i think the last of us part two has to be one of the worst games You're i've ever so <laughs> bad at, like you you we can you can tell like 20 minutes ago that you were getting ready to try that you're so bad at lying it's insane yeah it's I know. a mile away you have it's so many great. tells it's so it's great i love i appreciate the fact that you tried though I think that's why. Keep, keep trying, man. Keep trying. I think that's why I have, I have some good friends here because I'm terrible at lying. And yeah. I one of these <laughs> they, days, they know they can trust me. One of these days you're going to get me because like, I always know when you're lying. So if you ever get good at it, it's going to be really like, you're going to get me real good. <laughs> um, but uh, The Last of Us Part 2 so far. So everything I said about the first game, um, for me, man, again, I know we're going to get into some stuff about the reviews. But um, this thing for me with this game is that a lot of that stuff I just talked about carries over to this game. Um, again, preface that by I'm, I'm nine hours in out of maybe like 23, 24 hours. But this has been a, a great ride so far. Story, uh, incredible, in my opinion. Again, I know people have their differences, but I love the story. Um, gameplay, same thing John said. Um, they take the building blocks that from the first game like with the stealth gameplay. And even if you do get caught getting into some gunfights and stuff like that, and they take that stuff to the next level, the hand to hand combat in this game, dude, like if I could fight like these guys, like <laughs> that's a, like the, the hand to hand combat in this game. Uh, with like Ellie, everybody's like, an it, MMA fighter, including Ellie. Everyone you run into is just like <laughs> just as good as you, but it's awesome. It's so satisfying. Cause it's so smooth. It's insane. And I guess, listen, the world that they're growing up in, you have no choice but to be. True. Um, so so the thing for me um, with The Last of Us that I'm really trying to do is, well, I'm not I'm not trying to compare this to anything. Um, if you ask me right now, oh, is it the best game of the year from what you played so far? I don't know. Is it the is, is it better than The Last of Us Part One so far for you? Oh, I, I don't know any of that yet. You know, I'm just really trying to enjoy the narrative of this game. Because the thing that Naughty Dog does, man, they're the best in the business with this. I just can't get over the cinematic storytelling, man. It feels like I'm watching a movie. And no, it does not feel like some of the comments I've seen. It does not feel like a Telltale game. I don't know what game some of you people are playing. It is so cinematic to the point where it feels like I'm watching a movie 
And then some, sometimes, like, I've streamed all nine hours of this game that I've played so far. There are times when it goes from cutscene to gameplay, and I'm sitting there for, like, like, thir- like 10 seconds, like, oh, oh, it's gameplay. Oh, like, <laughs> like it's, it's, oh, man, like, I can't, I, you know, again, I'm not as passionate with this series as John is, man, but he, 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 are, he nailed, like, everything he said. Like, I don't say this a lot, but I 100% agree with everything <laughs> John said. Um, again, in terms of the best game I've ever played and stuff like that, again, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll see about that, but every, all the improvements that they've made, well, okay, well, I, I won't put words in your mouth, I won't put words in your mouth, didn't you say better than Last of Us 1? I didn't say anything about that, I just gave my impressions on the game, okay. I said I said The Last of Us okay. Part 1 is my, one of my favorite games of all time, if not my favorite, and I just gave my impressions on this game, okay. that's it. Okay, fair fair enough. Um, right. But but yeah, this game is great. Uh, we'll we'll talk about negative review scores in a minute. And yeah, go ahead, Joe. Yeah. So um, another, you know, I think you added to to John's sentiment pretty nicely there. Overall, um, there's there's definitely a lot to unpack with this game. I think it is. So I'm six hours in, by the way. If if I had not mentioned that, and the cinematics, that's the biggest thing in gaming for me is cinematics and, and storytelling when it it gets down to things and they blend it so beautifully. One of my biggest praises of God of war from a few years back, which I consider one of the greatest games ever made is the incredible camera work in the style in which it was done and how load screens operated in last of us part two. There is a little flavor of that, even though it's unique all on its own and how they handle it. The uh, cut scenes to gameplay as Rashawn mentioned, he found himself stand, you know, standing there 10, 15 seconds before realizing he was not in a cutscene. Uncharted 4 uh, had this wonderful statistic where it, it kept all your game stats if you paused the game and read through. One of those things was, uh, I'm going to paraphrase, but it basically kept the time for which you were just standing still as your character, where you were not panning the camera, you were not hitting any buttons, because they basically wanted to tally the same thing that Rashawn is doing there, just a quantifiable way to say, oh gosh, you didn't realize how good this game really truly looks and how smooth the transitions are. I don't know that Last of Us Part Two does that. I don't think it, there's a stat for it. I wish there was. Um, it's just so awesome to see how smooth that is. The other thing is if you die, load times are like that. And I expect a game like this to take forever. Yeah, that blew me away too, did. especially compared to like something like uh, Jedi Fallen Order that we saw this year. Or forever last year, but yeah, I couldn't believe that there there was no load times. I would just cut to black and you're back into the game. It's wild. Yeah, it it is kind of insane to see that. So, like when you initially load the game from having saved it, you know, you turn your system off and you come back. It does take a while to reload if you exit the the application. Like that's understandable. It's a huge world. We saw how big the the download was. It's two discs if you bought the physical version of it. That is all sort of unprecedented for such a game of this magnitude. So kudos to Naughty Dog on that. Um, there are some similarities to Uncharted 4, uh, as we're mentioning Uncharted 4 and uh, The Lost Legacy, just in style of gameplay, where you've got these semi-open world moments. It's not totally open world, but it's not totally linear either. And I appreciate that. And like John, um, I don't think that I'm typically a guy who's going out and collecting everything and trying to really explore a hundred percent of the map. I've really wanted to take my time as Rashawn said, and uh, savor my, my, my time with this game. 
So I feel like I've taken my time with it so far. I don't know truly how far I am into the game. I imagine I'll land somewhere around the 23, 24 hour mark where John did. IGN released an article saying that they, uh, with all of their staff that played the game, their shortest run was about 24 hours and the longest one was 45. So for a game, again, in this style where it is a somewhat of a straightforward story, that is saying a lot that you can have such a variation in there. Um, the story early on has, has been emotional. Again, we're not going to get into any uh, spoilers. It's it's heavy. I can only imagine it gets heavier as we go on out from everything I, I've heard from those who have completed the game. The uh, the the combat is is certainly improved. Stealth was not a thing that I enjoyed on my first playthrough of the original Last of Us, but on replaying it PS4 remastered earlier this year, I became a stealth master. Like, no stone was left unturned. I was... I, it was a mission for me to not get caught like anywhere I went. I did not want to get into open combat and I enjoyed that challenge of it here. I'm struggling with it a little bit. I'm trying to balance it because I just get so excited that I want to keep moving the story forward. So there's a little bit of a patience issue with me, but that's a, a me problem and that's not a game problem. Um, I just, um, I'm enjoying myself. You you can hear more of my impressions um, on Dadcast. We had uh, John O'Peck on, and he is uh, in games media in Australia from uh, a company called uh, 8-Bit Collective. So he's finished the game, he's reviewed it for them, and they've got a spoiler cast up. Uh, but we we kind of dove into some of the details here without getting too spoilery uh, on that show as well. So uh, all in all, it, it's been a, a huge success, no doubt, from, uh, from Naughty Dog and PlayStation. And it's been... Uh, a really good first part of the swan song for, for Sony's PS4 here. We'll see what uh, ghosts looks like next month. But uh, John, why don't we get into some of the review roundup here? If you want to just touch on what Metacritic looks like. So from the actual outlets that are reviewing this and then into what we're seeing from user scores where anybody can just go ahead and, and put their number on this game. Yeah. Uh, so right now the game is sitting at a 95 on Metacritic, unless that's changed from when we made this document at like 7 a.m. today. It could have, popped up or down a little bit but 95 is where it's sitting uh reviewing very well we, we all kind of expected that naughty dog if anything puts out nothing but a polished product uh really the only thing that we knew that anybody could complain about this game based on their track record is story decisions um and you're usually not reviewing a game based off story decisions to be honest you're talking about the quality of the game if it's you know an absolute garbage fire then that's a different story but it is certainly not that uh, the, the, the dichotomy to that is the user reviews and the, uh, the fan backlash, and I wouldn't even call it fan, that's such a loose term, the internet backlash about this game. Um, right now, the user score on Metacritic is a 4.3 out of 10. Why do they do that out of 10, but not 100 for the, that's weird. Never, I just realized that right now. Why are user scores out of 10 and the, the outlets get out of 100? And yeah, that makes sense. I, I just, I just realized that total non sequitur, but um, it, it's it's super super disappointing to see this. It's just a reminder that sometimes the internet really sucks, man. Like there, there there's an internet hive mind out there because people love to hate the most popular thing. And de- unfortunately, details about this game were spoiled for a lot of people early on. Um, and a lot of people saw those spoilers, those big tent pole moments, and they immediately said, "I don't like where that story's going. I'm not going to put 25 hours into this experience to to actually see it through." Some of those people I can even kind of level with and say, okay, that you're you're so upset about those spoilers that you really don't want to play this game and you're condemning it. 
I don't, I don't necessarily get it, but I, I, I don't condemn you for it. Um, the people I condemn who are the are the ones who are just making memes about this and are just going on Metacritic, making multiple accounts, and giving it a zero out of ten. You look at half of these reviews that are zeros. They have their account has been active for five days. They have one review, and it's The Last of Us Part Two. It's zero out of ten. It's just sad, man. There, there, there's so many amazing people spent years making this game um and it and once you play it you understand that it is something special and if you don't agree with the story decisions that's one thing um but it's just so childish and so disappointing to see that this is where we're at and we still have to deal with stuff like this so does anyone uh notice any sort of correlation here like with a big release in pop culture in the last few years where the critical reception was so good but the fan scores were the total opposite end. Yeah, this is the so same. I have an answer. There's, it's the last shadow. I, I know what you're talking it's the last about. Shadow. You're gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, yeah, and it's, it, it's there's a, yeah, and it's not always like that because you look at something like Avengers Endgame and it was just like universe. And it's like if there's any sort of disagreement with something that's subjective, like a, enjoying a story is subjective, right? Like there, if I may like something mm-hmm. and you may not. People just grasp on and they just fight to the death about what they think is right and they ignore all of the quality and all of the greatness that went into whatever they're talking about and it's just it's it's deflating man like it, I'm telling you right now like the Last of Us Part Two subreddit is the most disappointing place on the planet you will if you if you enjoy anything about the Last of Us stay away from that subreddit man it is just straight toxicity the the whole page is just making memes about dude like they literally the the, the top post on that page right now is uh, Neil Druckmann upvote this so every time somebody googles bad writer he's up there with the guys uh, db weiss and benioff who did game of thrones like that's the level people are stooping to like are you kidding me guys like you don't like a couple of story decisions or maybe you're mad that you got spoiled before the game came out and you're trying to ruin people's careers in a sense like it's just so, it's so disappointing that's really the only way i can i can describe it I'm going to say what I said and always say about last jedi and whether what whatever you think of the story of that movie hey as Pavlock, I was sitting there in the theater in the opening night and be, I had so many questions and I was disappointed with a lot of the, where the story went. Now, granted, my opinion changed quickly on that uh, as things kind of stewed and ruminated for me and I thought about it. But that being said, uh, it's not your story to tell. So, it, you know, this was Neil Druckmann's and, and his team at Naughty Dog, just as Last Jedi was Ryan Johnson and kind of the, the collective brain behind that movie there. Uh, if you disagree with the story, that is fine. That's absolutely fine to say you don't like that story, whatever. Um, but to talk about the the quality of the film, uh, the cast, whether it's the voice cast, uh, we're talking, we're praising the gameplay and, and uh, how it transitions with cinematics, you name it. It's all quality and it's it's all proof that it's there. Uh, so to, to do what is being done on the internet, I can't say I'm surprised uh, because the internet is, you know, spoiler alert, it's always terrible, but it's just, it's stupid. So it's it, do not, do not, do not let anything that you see uh, hold you back from at least trying this game, especially if you had any interest in it in the first place. There's, there's no reason not to play it. I am very excited. I mean, if you play... Go, Jeff. Sorry. I say, I mean, if you play through the whole game and you still don't like it, if you think it's like a five or six out of ten, more power to you. The The biggest problem was like, we, we talked about this before the show, there were reviews going up literally hours after the game released at midnight on friday morning oh you, you, those people obviously didn't play they didn't play the game obviously you don't even have if to speculate it, it, that like if, if you look at some of these right. people who are so mad about it they will literally say i can't believe they did this and this in this i'm so glad i canceled my pre-order you didn't even play or the some, game something like that right you like you are straight up admitting you have never experienced this you just read a couple of bylines and you want to get mad because you're bored like ugh. 
if you if you want to complain about any piece of art, you have to actually consume it and indulge in it entirely. You you cannot speak from ignorance. Exactly. If you don't like it, that's fine, but you have to actually experience it if you're going to speak critically about it. I'm and I'm also fine with people voicing their their complaints about things, but there's a tasteful way of doing that, and uh, clearly this is not the right way. Uh, whether it's writing a review or talking about it in a meaningful way, having your opinion is having your opinion, and that's fine. But uh, we know this is dumb. Yeah, for sure. I'm uh, I'm very excited for when you guys finish this game. I really hope we can find the time to sit down and have a spoiler cast about this because I would love to to bring this topic into the fold. Um, because there, oh, no doubt there there are there are big story moments big story moments left that are that people have problems with and i would love to dive into those and, and kind of see where we fall on it and maybe just try to break down how people are so upset about this because i truly truly don't understand yeah we will we absolutely will um the, the goal by the way if you're you're listening or watching is for us to all have finished that and talk about it uh the, the week basically pro or the le days leading up to ghost of Tsushima granted uh, many more outlets will have it finished by then, but uh, that's at least our, our staff goal here. Uh, we'll have a really nice meaningful discussion on it. Uh, any, any wrapping thoughts here on um, either the Metacritic stuff or just last of us two in general, before we move on to the rest of our news items, anyone. Cool. All right, so we've got, uh, I believe, 11 items on the news list here. Uh, as Rashawn was gushing about pre-show, we've got a lot of good stuff going on. This was a really nice uh, week for us to do Geek Scott game. Uh, so first off, uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, we see a little bit of a delay again. Uh, this one is now going from September 17th to November 19th for its release date. Uh, so Adam Badowski, head of studio over at CD Projekt Red, in uh, conjunction with Marcin... I don't know how to pronounce the last name. Iwinski, I believe it is. Co-founder of CD Projekt Red. Say, I might not have pronounced it. <laughs> I was going to say, I should have right to you there. Uh, anyway, um, the statement they released here, we won't get to the whole thing. But um, we've decided to move the launch date of Cyberpunk 2077 to November 19th. Those of you who are familiar with the way we make games know that we won't ship something which is not ready. Quote unquote, ready when it's done is not just a phrase we say because it sounds right. It's something we live by even when we know we'll take the heat for it. At the same time, we are fully aware that making such a decision costs us your trust and trading trust for additional time is one of the hardest decisions a game developer can make. Um, I don't think this is a big deal. No. I, we're waiting two more months. Again, you know, we saw a few delays with Last of Us Part 2. There's no better example than having those little delays and seeing what the quality end product was here. I think that's going to be what we're seeing here with Cyberpunk. The world's going through just a crazy, crazy time. I think all of it's totally understandable. For me, this is kind of a non-starter. And as I said, when we saw this news originally in our Discord channel, it gives me a little more time to play Avengers. True. That's where I'm at. I I guarantee you this is just a logistical issue, if anything, because Poland is only kind of just beginning to flatten their curve in terms of the coronavirus. Um, they were scheduled to have their presidential election last month. So between March and April, the country was kind of scrambling to figure out, well, is there a safe way to hold this in the middle of this pandemic? Do we have to postpone it? And they eventually did. They postponed it just about 60 days. It's going to begin at the end of this month. Um, so there, there are some issues there across the country. And I mean, you're talking about a country of 40 million people. 
um, they, they had to figure out if there was safe, if it was safe or not to have people go out and vote for their presidential election. I mean, there's never a good time for a pandemic to hit, but this was a particularly difficult time for the pandemic to hit in Poland. So I'm sure there's businesses all across that country that are, you know, still kind of getting their feet under them as they return to work and return to normal functions. It's funny too. They mentioned in there that you know it's kind of a trust thing, but I I don't feel like that's an issue. I feel like CD Projekt Red has built up such nice credibility over yeah. the years with what they've done with uh, the Witcher series, which by the way I believe just the Witcher three is at its uh, fifth anniversary uh, this month. So yeah. that is you know such a highly praised game. I'm with you there. It seems yep, like they're being ahead, a little hard on themselves there. Say like with the you know kind of apologizing for that. Did they mention? Did you say they mentioned something about uh, trading with us? Maybe this is like a message to stockholders. They're apologizing like. Their stocks are trading mm. low. Maybe that's kind of what they're apologizing it, for. Like it, it might affect that. I don't know. It it could be. I'm not sure if that's where they're going with that or not. But uh, either way, it's fine. You know, they've they've seemingly always been transparent. Especially uh, this has been a long development. What's well, a few more months? Though I am very very stoked to play this. I think tonight, uh, the night we're recording this, there's going to be a 25 minute live, uh, kind of a live stream for a demo on this. I think it's if I'm not mistaken. I think it's tomorrow. I know okay. the time was probably gotcha. super weird because they're in Poland and everything like that. But I think it's tomorrow. Like I think it's like nine uh, uh, Pacific. So I think it's like. <laughs> was that funny? I don't know. Um, well, yeah, no, because it's it's technically tomorrow in Poland right now, most likely. Oh, given the time zone difference, <laughs> it's tomorrow somewhere always. Yeah, uh, yeah. Figure that out, however. Got it. You will. Yeah, the last thing I want to say about Let's it see. is this company is worried about good faith. They are a company that literally shipped a thank you letter with each copy of The Witcher Three in the standard edition. You <laughs> you you buy that game, and there's a literal thank you letter for buying yep. it. This co- this company's amazing. They they have all the goodwill in the world. Push the game, make it work. Polish people are nice, man. We're the, we're we're the friendliest kind of people you can meet. Heard Debatable. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if anything, with this game too, like since it's pushed back even farther, I would I would like to assume that maybe. Again, we don't know release dates for next-gen consoles yet, but I would like to assume uh, one comes out in October, November-ish. But regard- regardless, we're coming out at the end of this year, if anything, that gives people an excuse to just buy it for their next-gen console. You don't got to worry about this. I mean, not that you have to worry about that to begin with, but you just buy it right away on next-gen. You play the whole thing on next-gen. You don't got to worry about that. Oh, I get an upgrade to the next-gen version after I have already beat it on my PS4 and I don't really want to go back to it. You just get to play it right on your next-gen system. It's kind of a good thing, in my opinion. Yeah, so this is... uh, November 20th is a Friday. The 19th is a Thursday. Do we think that has any sort of... I'm I'm sure it doesn't necessarily lead in, but do you think it coincides with uh, any release date? If, If I had a guess, I would say Xbox Series X is coming that week. Just with how they've they've kind of promoted things, if we can really lead anything into Microsoft, this. really does consoles in November, so mid November. What I'm saying, the CG uh, Project Red has done a lot with uh, Microsoft in the lead up to this game. They, it debuted on the, the Xbox stage for for oh, E3. Gosh. They've yeah. always done trailers together, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if this was like, hey, you can play this day one on Xbox Series X, which you can anyway. But just saying, like yeah. the day it comes out. So if, if you didn't know, this does come out. Um, for Xbox One and PS4, but each version is a free upgrade in the same console family yes. to PS5 and Xbox Series X, which, you know, it's future-proof. It's beautiful. Uh, do you am guys I think correct? this leads into... Oh, go ahead. I was like, am I correct, then, that Thanksgiving this year is on the 26th of November? Yep. Or, okay. Josiah, the only, yep. the only reason I, I don't think that necessarily is the case or is planned is because if that is true... 
I think they will get a little bit of pushback for delaying the game just to coincide with the console launch. I don't know if that's necessarily the best thing optically. I don't I, that that just popped into my head like did this game really need to be delayed or you just want to have it launched with the I Xbox? I don't think anybody would I don't think anybody would care. Yeah. I don't know that it would be delayed for that reason. Like I genuinely think they like Jeff said there it's either a logistic issue or they just really truly need those last few uh, months. Oh, and, but, I, and I'm not saying that uh, would be the reason either. I think that I, I just think this is a very careful company and they would want to avoid any kind of any kind of like thought that that could be the case. I don't know. Like I, yeah. what what I'm saying is I don't think they'd make a deal with Microsoft to line up those dates oh, no. ju- just to avoid like just to avoid any kind of ill will. I, I don't think they would make oh, that no. kind of a partnership for the for that reason. And I do think you know Rashawn's right too. Like I don't I don't know that it matters either way. I think you know people if you're sold on this game regardless of your system you're they're gonna get it. But hey, time will tell. We're still really not that far away from it. Just a few months time. True. Um. Skate 4. So we're not only getting uh, a Tony Hawk remaster, we are getting the next iteration of Skate 4, hopefully in the near future. Uh, This was announced at EA Play uh, just last week here. So Skate 4, guys. Um, I've not played any of these. Um, John, I want to say you mentioned you did? Uh, So I'm a big Tony Tony Hawk guy. I've I've traditionally been a, a skateboarding fan. For a while, uh, not so much in my older older years anymore. But um, was a big skateboarding kid growing up, and really loved that culture and the and the music around it, and had all like tons of VHS and skate tape stuff like that. Love skateboarding. Big into Tony Hawk. I for whatever reason missed the skate games, but I understand the the fact that they're technically superior than the Tony Hawk, which is a much more arcadey game, and much. Uh, much more importantly, there are such cult classics, and there has been such an outcry for another skate game. Everyone's been like, "Okay, EA, you're making all the mistakes in the world. You could get some some uh, some will back by just making another skate game." That's been like the butt of the joke every E3. We finally got it. Yeah, they said it was commented into existence, which is pretty awesome. I think uh, so. I am I'm happy for skate fans for for finally getting this. It it's a good. Uh, you know, I don't know when this comes, if this is next year or, or whatnot. I don't know that they even said anything about that, yeah, but no. um, it's a good time to, to be a skateboarding uh, video game fan, sure. obviously with Tony Hawk and this. The only, uh, so, the only worry I have is that the last game that uh, EA brought into existence based on comments was Mirror's Edge 2, and that didn't pan out very well for him. Yikes. Yikes. Yeah. That's just a joke. There's no correlation, but that did happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, you're not wrong there. Uh, so Pokemon news, I'm going to just straight up turn this one over to, to John here. Can I leave? Why don't you lead off on, on what <laughs> we, we've got going on? I sp- well, there was some good stuff. I specifically, there's, no, stuff. there's some good stuff there's, we haven't talked there's about. There's two Wednesdays worth of announcements here. Last Wednesday, they, they had a, a Pokemon Presents and they ended that with saying they have another big announcement next Wednesday for another Pokemon Presents. I specifically said on Twitter that I would shut the stream down this recording if we talked about today's event. I won't do that. I won't do that. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, glad you're not living. We'll up see. To, yeah. Good. It's not a stream. So uh, yeah, there you go. I didn't say stream though. I think I said it right on Twitter. Jeff, you take it. I don't want to talk about this. Damn it. Well, Pokemon Let's has been the good hopping. stuff. Pokemon has been hopping for the last week. Uh, it's been a week now since the Isle of Armor came out for Pokemon Sword and Shield. Um, I think arguably though, the bigger news was that we are getting a new Pokemon Snap game. Twenty-one years later since the original released on N64 which was the first time that we saw Pokemon in 3D internationally. Uh, That was the first internationally released Pokemon game that was in 3D. I know so many people 
who really aren't dedicated gamers like the four of us are, who were ecstatic over this news. So yeah. many people have fond memories playing that game as kids. I know I'm one of them too. I, uh, I'm sure John is as well. Uh, that was just such a fun experience as a kid. And I'm, I'm just, I'm looking forward to this new one just as much. I mean, that trailer they revealed was gorgeous. There's so many new Pokemon they can add now. You got to remember when the original came out, you only had the original 151 Pokemon from Gen 1. There's now... Uh, what is it? Uh, 800, 900 some Pokemon out there right now? I don't remember the exact uh, Pokedex. I think over number. 8 now. Something like, yeah, it's over 8. For I think sure. it's like eight, 850, 840 something, something like Sounds that. Right. Now that I think about it. But yeah, there's so many more Pokemon they can throw into this now. It'll look gorgeous on Switch. And like I said, there's just so many people who really, you know, maybe they haven't even touched a video game console in years, but they saw this announcement and they're like, oh man, you know, I remember Pokemon Snap. I love that. This is so cool. It's, it's really neat to see how many people this got, you know, this really touched with just with that announcement. Yeah. It's, uh, it's... So I don't know that it's fair to say that this is, you know, in the realm of what we've seen earlier this year with Animal Crossing, but I got to say, there's a ton of people on my social media like Jeff said, who I know don't play video games or just haven't in ages, and they are all about this. And I got to say, that's going to be a system seller, I think, uh, to a degree for Nintendo in the manner that Animal Crossing is. Agreed. John, take Got it away. It. You, you have stuff to say on this. Yeah, I was just gonna, the, the one quip I had is like, this is, the, I think, the first time I've said these words. I'm excited to see what a game does with motion controls. Like, it's going to be so, like, the Switch is perfect for. Oh, gosh. True. It's perfect. Like, <laughs> it, like the, you, you're, you're swinging around a camera, you're aiming, you're snapping, you're probably hopefully using the trigger to snap it like a shutter. Like, I'm, like, when the Switch first came out, like, everyone was talking about, oh my God, Pokemon Snap on this will be perfect. I think even the Wii U, a lot of people said that too, because they had the, the, ta- oh, yeah. the tablet as well. Yep. But this one, people bought this All one. All six people who owned it. Exactly. So this one, <laughs> this one is supported. So and dude, the that trailer was so like the art style is so different. It is it's a, like its own the engine. Art is, yeah, it's it's beautiful. It's gorgeous, it man. Beautiful. Whatever they're doing is like their own proprietary engine for this. And you assume that's like because they don't actually have to render like it's it's an, from what we assume based on the first game. It's probably an on rails game. So like they could make it look however they want. They don't have to have like interactive environments in a sense that you do like with a you know mainline Pokemon game. But um, it looks gorgeous. I I'm, I'm I echo everything Jeff said, man. It's, I'm I'm super hyped to get this one. It's uh it's gonna be fun. That's um in terms of the visuals, that's also Bandai Namco at work. That's true. Worth uh, mentioning because yeah. they they did Pokemon Tournament and that had some fantastic graphics. That was also a really solid fighter too. So this is not their first rodeo uh, developing a Pokemon game. And with how well Pokemon Tournament looked, I'm not surprised that this is going to look beautiful as well. Very cool. It's funny, Jeff. I think uh, we mentioned it on like honoring the past on an episode of Geek's Got Game. We talked about this and uh, just, I don't, Pokemon, I don't remember. Pokemon Snap, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. We definitely what, did what episode we would have talked about it in, but um, just like the kind of the, the influence it had and how all these years later we didn't have a remaster or anything like that. And, you know, a few months later we're talking and now we're talking about the game. Here it is. Yep. So it's kind of exciting. I can't wait to see what kind of hype that's going to bring this uh, later on this year. Oh, well, we don't know if it's coming out this year. Well, yeah, they just said there it's... was no. Re- yeah, yeah, there wasn't even a wi- there wasn't even a release window. They had like a construction sign up, like development in progress or something like that. So this is just something that's gonna it, it's it's on its yeah. way. Yeah, it could be later this year, um, but there's no no confirmation yet. I can see that being a nice spring release if uh, or that mm-hmm. you know if, if they not that we really know, but just uh, you know a little bit of a, a gut feeling, I guess. 
Uh, yeah. So guys, um, I, I have to talk about our next news item here and I have a lot to say on it. I could not be more excited. As I mentioned early on in the show, Crash Bandicoot 4, by the way, let me just say this again, Crash Bandicoot 4, we are getting a sequel to Crash Bandicoot Warped and I can't believe it. <laughs> it's about time, yes. Josiah. I'm, it's about damn time no, is what it should no, be it's called. It's literally so about time. did that come up? Sorry. <laughs> I am almost... Almost 30, and I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> Eight-year-old Josiah would have been, you know, crap at himself because I he loved Crash Bandicoot. And here I am all these years later. We knew uh, that Activision was testing the market with bringing back uh, a remaster of Warped, or uh, the, the trilogy, trilogy, actually. And then, and then CTR, are you kidding me? That happened? <laughs> like, to bring those back from the ground up and see the reception, and I think they're doing the same thing with Spyro. I'm just happy to see that Basically, everyone voted with their wallets, and we're getting Crash Bandicoot 4. Could not be more excited. Uh, it's interesting. It's going to be coming from uh, developer Toys for Bob, who did the Spyro remaster. Um, they did not do the Insane Trilogy, but um, regardless, couldn't be more excited for it. October 2nd, that is coming to PS4 and Xbox One. Nothing announced on Switch or PC, but I imagine at some point after uh, you know we get down the line, that may be coming. It's going to be a full release, uh, $59.99. It's About Time is the perfect title on so many, just so many levels. Uh, what nice levels. self-awareness. Uh, <laughs> I, I just... Dude. Uh, I'll, I'll, before I, I... I don't even know what to say. I could talk about this all day. Let me start here. <laughs> Let me start here. Uh, it's About Time is built from the ground up as a new experience in the spirit of the original three Crash games developed by Naughty Dog uh, for the original PlayStation. Players can either play as Crash or Coco Bandicoot for the full adventure with other playable characters thrown into the mix like Neo Cortex. Of course, come on. Uh, featuring a brand new art style, marking a departure from what Vicarious Visions created for the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. It's about time will feature new platforming moves, new masks with special abilities, two major cons- uh, control schemes, which I'm very intrigued by, and plenty more. Man. All right. So somebody else uh, get get some thoughts in. I, I don't know if anyone's as big a Crash fan as I am. So I, I'll, I'll, jump, I'll jump on this one. Uh, Dude, yeah, it's about time. They 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 are so self-aware. It is that's amazing. And you know, I wish I was on uh on here like years ago when they started with the insane trilogy, only because I figured that trilogy looked way too good just to be uh oh, this is just you know, we just want to make a trilogy, you know, enjoy it for 20 years. Like, no, there was something more to it. I know that was a, a large theory going around, but I was definitely subscriber to that and now we're seeing it pay they, they even gave us uh they, they even had to give us crash team racing uh before they even gave well, us this so this they is had to give us crash team racing you're talking about the best kart racer of all time get off the show come on <laughs> you watch your mouth i love crash team you, racing you, you said it like they, they had they had to give us crash team racing is what the way you said it no, John, watch John, bite your tongue no, yeah, I'm I'll saying say they had to give it to us. Like that was another classic game. Jeff, go ahead. They didn't have to. Okay. I was I, I wasn't saying watch your mouth to race shot. Oh. I was saying it to you. Buddy. Oh, I, I knew we I knew we were I knew there was a fork in the road. I was just addressing Rush on first. Okay, all right. I think that Crash Team Racing was the superior kart racer of the generation. Mario Kart has well, certainly has what? certainly what? surpassed it. Crash Team Racing was better than Mario Kart 64. Sorry. Y'all see, y'all see what I be talking about with this John Fit. Y'all see what I have to deal with. It was better. Hey, is this one of those moments where you're saying John is right? 
because he is. I, it was a better. Because, I'm sorry, it was a better game. Like Mario Kart now is listen, obviously a better franchise and has better entries, but Crash Team Racing was better than it, Mario Kart 64. False. That is just, oh wait, popular franchise. Oh, oh okay. I'm sorry. I I'm you were talking I'm, about. No, I'm not saying that. Like, thought, I'm it, not an all. Yeah, I'm not comparing all of the Mario Karts and, the, and their lineage and their newer no. games. I'm just talking about the when it came out. It was the best kart racer on 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 the planet. Oh, I thought you meant this thought, remaster of it was better than Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Oh God, no! Oh it yeah, is. that I don't. I can't. Yeah, speak that's to. what I thought you meant. Okay, I I, I can't. That's what, what I was I thinking too. Okay, play Mario, hey, I because, love both games. I'm telling you right now. Play play. Uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, and then play Crash, and just look at the speed difference. Like it just—it's fine. Like it's fun. You could, you know, play. You could play one with your friends, or you could be competitive with your friends. Oh man! Well, that's that. that's spoken like someone who's clearly never played 200 CC and New can't handle it in Mario Kart. Um, that sounds like that sounds like that sounds like a scrub talking. Yeah. To me. So to clarify my point, when I when I said it's the best kart racer of all time, I more so meant it was the best kart racer of its time. It, I would agree. Because okay. Mario Kart right, I'll, 64 I'll has there. Mario Kart 64 was kind of a mess even back in the day, and it has not aged well. But but Crash Racing okay. really does. One as good as CTR, you only need one release in the franchise. Just saying. Fair enough. We I don't count the other ones. I actually didn't play CTR. Or I, mean, I don't know why. Because there's not really that many people that wanted to play another game. I mean, it could also be that. I mean, tw- you know, 20 million copies or so and counting right right now with Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. But hey, you're not wrong. Never. You're not wrong. Yeah. Oh, John, you're, you're, you're almost, you, you almost got me, man. You, you established some sales figures. That's good. That's good. But Ooh. let's talk. Let's uh, talk Crash Four. Any anyone else excited about this at all? Oh yeah, let me let me finish what I was gonna say. So yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> my bad. Tangent. Uh, so, but but yeah, so I, I love I love this announcement, and I, I love that they're self aware. Again, I love that we got pretty much everything from Crash, uh, pretty much remade. Um, you know, it's fair to say. Uh, and now we're getting this, you know, to finally get the sequel. Well, you know, sequel to Crash Three that that we've always wanted for a long time. I would love to believe that I'm definitely. I love Crash. I go way back. You know, this is one of my childhood games. Um, I definitely would say I'm more of a fan of Spyro. Um, but again, it's it's apples in a way. It's like pick an ice cream. Do you want chocolate? Do you want strawberry? You know, it's just you just pick what you like. But I would love to believe that we're going to also get a new Spyro game as well in the coming years. I would, I would, I would have to happen. It's got to happen. It's happening guys. I just, (laughs) I think they honestly, I know we talked about like they had to give us CTR, but in a sense, we saw how well insane trilogy uh, was received to, to maybe just solidify like for sure. Like, Hey, we need to know, like if we throw out CTR, are you guys still on board? And, and, you know, fans flock to it. So here we are. I didn't imagine that we'd get a, uh, a Crash sequel. I thought we'd just get a brand new Crash Bandicoot game. Maybe it was even just called Crash Bandicoot with how, you know, kind of today's reboots go. But we we got a sequel. And that I, don't know if a surprise. I don't know if I'll ever do it, but one of my gamer goals, um, definitely the original, but who gamer knows, maybe goals. all three, but I definitely want to platinum the original crash um, oh. one day. I've, I've failed miserably so far with the Insane <laughs> Trilogy, but that is one of my... The play as one of the Platinum King's goals in his gaming life is to platinum the first crash. Maybe the other ones too, but specifically the first ones is so so it's nostalgic. Difficult. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, couldn't be more excited. October second is going to be a really good day for my gaming life. I'll get to, to more on that uh, shortly. Min Min, who who wants to take that one? Who do you think? 
So we got a new character coming to Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. It's the first of this new DLC characters, uh, this new line of DLC characters coming out. It's Min Min from Arms. Um, Arms was a really fun game. It you know it's not it's far from one of Nintendo's most recognizable properties. It's one of their newer properties at that. Um, but it did sell over two million copies, so it was a commercial success. And it's got quite the fan base on. And I believe it's the Arms Reddit that's very active, very passionate about the game. And we always talk about how you know Nintendo needs to develop new properties. They can't just rely on Mario, Zelda, and Pokemon going forward. When they need to develop new IPs, so this is great that a small game is getting a representative in their largest game, which is Super Smash Brothers. Now the ultimate gaming crossover, you know, the biggest celebration of Nintendo and gaming icons. And it, I, you know, more than anything else, even regardless of who the character we got was, the presentation was really cool because it was done by Masahiro Sakurai, the longtime Super Smash Brothers director, from his living room. And the man, he director. Yeah, he has one of the coolest gaming setups I've ever seen. He has two gigantic TVs side by side, and it was so neat because you could see on one side of his cabinet he had all modern console. And not just Nintendo consoles. He had a PS4 in there. There was an Xbox 360 in there that you could see. And then the other side was retro consoles. I believe someone said they saw one of the uh, Sega consoles in there, whether it was Dreamcast, Saturn, Genesis, whatever. All the old Nintendo consoles, an original PlayStation. I mean, this guy's a gamer. You know, he works for Nintendo. He develops for Nintendo. He's got to be. Cool clearly clearly loves the the medium and the art form as a whole even beyond nintendo which is great one of the coolest gaming setups i've ever seen i mean he's got so many characters to think about adding the smash he's got to have all those systems man he's gotta he's got to be testing them out he's got to be playing these games he's got to be probably platinum in some games if he got playstation (laughs) probably (laughs) oh i I, I wanted to definitely touch on this just a little bit here um I saw some people were kind of like, eh, an ARMS character. I mean, even though Min Min isn't like one of my go-tos that I would want in Smash, the the, the bottom line with this is that ARMS was a successful selling Nintendo first-party IP. We knew at some point, if they whatever, whether they were going to add five characters to the game, like 30 characters to the game, whatever, we were going to have to get an ARMS character in, in this game. Um, so... And, and and I like that they're starting this off as the first Fighters Pass character and not like... because there's been some debate online. It's like, well, it was either you end the first fighters pass when we didn't know we were going to get another one with the, uh, with Min Min. And then you start this one with Byleth, but then you end with a, a arms character and people are like, eh, cause people felt that way about Byleth too. It was like, Oh, another, uh-huh. another fire emblem character. But when you look, it was, it was one or the other. So I guess I would have rather finished with Byleth instead of then starting, uh, or ending, I'm sorry, the last one with an arms character, you know. So it's a, this is about time. I got a question but, um, for you guys. Yeah, is, sure. Is there a Splatoon character as a mainline Smash character? Yes, Inklings, the Inklings are in there. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I just, it yeah. was in the original game. Actually, it was the very first new character that they show for Smash Brothers Ultimate, like the very first uh, trailer yes. or whatever you would call it. That oh, I remember that, that. Smash Ultimate was coming to Switch. Yeah, yep, it was. We thought could it, see like the Smash symbol. We thought it was a Splatoon trailer. The Inkling's eye. Yeah, we thought it was like Splatoon because right. it was all Splatoon stuff, and all of a sudden, like it gets like super dark yep. and then that, that burning. Okay, that, okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yep, very good too. It's one. It, the Inklings are some of the better characters in the game, like competitive wise. I love Splatoon. Yeah, I get Jeff, you, you will be proud of me. Uh, yes. In the last month, for the first time ever, even though it was just a demo. 
Uh-huh. I have tried Splatoon. Oh, Splatoon. God. I thought you were going to say Smash, and I was going to be upset that you broke our solidarity. I was going <laughs> to... <laughs> no, uh, yeah, John and I have never played... Uh, well, I mean, I played like a little of one Smash game. I don't remember which one at Pavlok's house years back, but like I have not played Ultimate at all. That's what I'm talking about. I have uh, zero hours. That's okay. That's okay. Zero seconds clock. Like that's zero, yeah. Ultimate. No, I've not touched it on a friend's <laughs> Switch. I have not played it at a, at a press event. I have not touched Same. Smash Ultimate. It's all so, good. Nobody's per- nobody's perfect. Nobody's it, perfect. That's not oh, well, that, that okay. is not a dig okay. on the game. I totally respect what Smash is. I love what Smash <laughs> is to the gaming industry. It is a celebration of video games. I love it. I just don't like fighting games. And I know it's a very different fighting game. I the the fighting the Smash games I've tried in the past have just never clicked for me. So it's it, it is a hundred percent admittedly a me thing. <laughs> Smash is awesome. Keep smashing, y'all. Yeah, I think uh, we plan on it. Rashad, go ahead. One one last thing before we move on from this that I think we'd be remiss to talk about just because it, it can create some fun conversation among Smash fans. But um, I cannot have a Smash conversation without this hashtag, Sora. For Smash, Sakurai, do it. You know, you you know, you want to do it. The fans want it. I know deep down you want it. I've read into your interview, sir. Where the, I think I think we are in prime condition with five more characters left for this to happen. And I have evidence. I have evidence. Oh, great, great. I am on Nintendo enthusiasts right now. Yeah, and when I know you those guys. At the most. Yeah, if you want the most wanted characters amongst the fandom, if you if we want to be if this is a celebration of games, if we want fans to you know have their favorite characters in this game amongst Japan, it goes Lloyd number one and it goes Sora number two. Most wanted characters in America, Sora number one. If we go Europe, Sora number one. Ahead of Crash, ahead of Steve from Minecraft, ahead of Master Chief, way ahead of Master Chief, ahead of Doom Slayer, ahead of Wow, we any any anything in him. The only character amongst the fandom of the world that even comes close is Lloyd, and that and that's just in Japan. And Rashawn, that makes sense. Even ahead it, of Don. Does it say when the article was written? On that. Uh, September 9th, twenty nineteen. So We're, fairly, re- like within the lab, within the year. Got it. Where was Min Min on that list? He's not on it. Spoilers. Not on it. I, <laughs> well, Min Min's actually a she, but yeah. They, but I, that they uh, Min Min got priority. It's a Nintendo. They got to They got to take care of their own first. Where was Piranha Plant? Then they'll spread out. I, to I have a question. Oh, I do have Go a question. Ahead. Yeah. Who's Sora? Dang, oh. Mister Kingdom Hearts himself. <laughs> Where was Byleth on that list, Rashawn? Was he ever on there? Byleth in Japan was number five. Dang it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know anything about Smash. Sorry, guys. I tried. But I think, and, and one last thing I want to say, too. I think uh, Crash, because uh, Crash is number two in the U.S., number three in Europe. I think, especially with the announcement of Crash 4, I think Crash is guaranteed to get in at some point because they're going to port this over to Switch. And when that happens, boom. Money, I think, so I think Crash event. is pretty much a, a Listen, I'll tell you. That may be where I break uh, the the solitude there. I may jump in if Crash Bandicoot's there. I'm just saying. Uh, that would be it for me. Did you play Skylanders for Crash? Yeah. No. Come on. That's you... different. Why? Nice try. That was actually a story. It had like a, <laughs> like a Crash Bandicoot story. I'm done. <laughs> stop it. Just stop right now. All right. All right. Um, I'm coming back to John, actually, though, uh, because I think, if I'm not mistaken, in Discord, maybe within the last month, he said that Mixer was going the way of HD DVDs, and yeah. he was not wrong. <laughs> right so, 
the writing was on the wall. It's, yeah. a, it's unfortunate because I, I, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm like the biggest streamer guy or like I, I do. I do. I'm a casual stream fan. I, I watch Twitch every once in a while. I, I, I kept up to date with Ninja and Shroud on uh, on Mixer. Um, so Mixer is shutting down. Uh, Microsoft is pulling the plug on this project. I think it's unfortunate. Um, I think I think competition is always good for the industry. Uh, right now with Mixer going by the wayside, all we have left really is going to be Twitch, YouTube. And then Facebook Gaming, which is a nice transition because Mixer is partnering with Facebook Gaming. Um, that that almost doesn't really mean anything. Like if you kind of look into what that means, like they're just like they're giving their their current content creators an opportunity to to I guess have a leg up in Facebook Gaming. Like if they're like partnered in Mixer, they're all, they're also partnered in like Facebook Gaming. So I guess that means something to those people. Um, all of their like all of their URLs are gonna like direct to Facebook Gaming from now on stuff like that. So they're they have this interesting partnership with Facebook Gaming. Uh, I have my thoughts about that. I think that's I think Facebook Facebook is a really tough company to to trust nowadays. But that's kind of a personal thing. Um, I would have really I really would have loved to, to see them partner. <laughs> this is ironic, but I would have loved to see them partner with YouTube because I think YouTube YouTube is doing cool stuff. But they're owned by Google, which is no better than Facebook, I guess. But uh, segue. That's happening. Uh, big news out of that. So Ninja and Shroud recently left Twitch to sign exclusivity deals uh, with Mixer, which was huge at the time. Ninja's contract was reportedly worth over thirty million dollars. Fifty million dollars for three years. Thirty million is what he was paid out, I believe. I, the contract itself, I believe, was fifty million dollars. He's being freed of that contract. He has no obligation to stream for Facebook gaming and he is being fully paid out that entire contract, which I think the balance of that is $30 million. I could be wrong about that. Uh, I thought, I thought the total contract was 50 and then he's being paid out 30. No, I believe you're right. I think it was 30 million and it was essentially for six months of me y'all i mean i know Microsoft can afford it, but don't make bad deals because someone's going to make out and Ninja made out he just pocketed all that cash and now he can go back to twitch if he wants and get his entire audience back uh because when ninja went to mixer his audience decreased by like one third which makes sense because there's less people watching mixer uh mixer just in general was less uh was less easy to access uh it's not like on all of like the smart tvs and stuff like that like twitches x y and z a lot of reasons it's sad though uh mixer was cool they were pushing the envelope with features it was uh, a lot more approachable for streamers to actually become successful um whether that be the fact that there's just less competition out there if you if you hop on the mixer you are more likely to get views and there's also an easier path to monetization uh, with mixer so that was cool um but again sad ninja and shroud making out like absolute bandits here gonna be interesting i'm a little bit sad to see it go like you said from a competition standpoint i did enjoy mixer as a platform anytime um i was on my xbox and i you know if i had a few minutes between what i was doing and i just wanted to watch a whatever game stream like it was easy to find what you were looking for if you wanted to find a specific game or specific streamer um it was easy to get involved in that community for that streamer if you wanted to and again i'm like john i'm not a huge uh streaming guy whether that's myself or really into the community as much as i, I probably should be but um I, on the flip side, think that it's a nice move by Phil Spencer and Xbox to not drag this out for too long and be 
going years into this before making the decision to say, hey, this is really not going to work. This is probably not going to work for our future plans. Let's just cut our losses and move on now. Yeah, just so, on the eve of next gen, just just cut it now. Just get it done yeah, now before you one, dig yourself a hole for next gen. One thing that I want to address that was addressed today, because it was actually a pretty big concern, because you, you kind of mentioned this, that when you're on your Xbox, on your dashboard, you're going to, you, you see like promoted mixer streams. So if you're like on the page for a specific game, you're, you'll see like, promotions for live streams for that game um on reddit major nelson has confirmed that they will not push facebook gaming as like promotion on the console well you will not see facebook this partnership will not bleed over into advertisements or anything on your xbox series x or xbox one x that's a good i like that that's good me too yeah oh that's absolutely i think that a lot of problems with facebook and and their their privacy and the way they handle business so it's uh I, i think that would have been some I think Xbox fans would have been pretty upset to see Facebook logos on their on their dashboard for sure. Yeah, I like the way they handled this. Um, Xbox has done very, very well for the most part with PR over the last few years, especially with Phil Spencer at the helm. And this is uh, another, even though it's a, it's a monetization loss, it's a loss for the competition in the community. I think it's a good look for what they did here. Um, so... Guys, we also, you know, speaking of exciting days for me, we got some really exciting stuff on Marvel's Avengers. Uh, we had the war table today. Uh, we got some new gameplay. We've got new modes, a little bit more information on the game. I thought overall, Crystal Dynamics did a really good job with this. Uh, so catching up on some of the videos here, uh, we've got our central villain, uh, which was kind of at the forefront of all of this. Now, as a guy who has not been steeped in a long history of comic book fandom um i don't know that i have a huge opinion either way my only exposure to modok would have been in marvel ultimate alliance 3 last year on the switch but he is the big bad uh he is uh going to be the reason for uh, kamala khan's uh, entrance into the game she's miss marvel if you didn't know but in a nutshell, uh, the Avengers War Table stream gave more details on the upcoming game from Crystal Dynamics today and opened with a big story reveal that outlined Modoc as the central villain. Presentation also included shared loads of gameplay details, including customization options and an in-depth look at Thor. We also got to see just how the game will be structured in between missions and how you will be able to join up with others online to play cooperatively. This also includes to deliver devastating finishing moves together. So I felt like we got really a lot of useful information and this only further uh, gave me excitement for what this game is going to look like uh, when it releases in September. Uh, John, did you catch any of what was going on with that today? Yeah, I was able to watch it live, man. It was it was a really cool presentation. Uh, I think in terms of these digital uh, from home events that we've seen kind of in place of E3, I think this is one of, one of the better ones. Um, I know it's not gaming related, but if you happen to catch WWDC by Apple this coming week, this uh, past week, that was like the best presentation I've ever seen uh, in terms of digital presentation that they set the, the, I think PlayStation set the bar and Apple just destroyed it. And I think uh, Square Enix came in pretty uh, Crystal Dynamic, right? Crystal Dynamic, not Square Enix came in pretty close here. It was the Tomb Raider thing that threw me off. That's where I got Square Enix out of that. Um, they they came in pretty close here. It was it was a great presentation. We saw like no no waste of time. All we saw was awesome gameplay. We saw some story stuff. Uh, my favorite th- takeaway was this this voiceover element. Was this guy said this is a brand new original Avenger single player story that you can enjoy on your own, made by the Crystal Dy- made the cri- Crystal Dynamics way. There are so many people out there for what reason I don't know. Just assuming this game is not going to have a prolific single player element. They've told us 
the whole time that yes, it will. And they're just nailing that message home. Like, yes, there's going to be further content yet down the line. Yes, there's options to play with your friends. There's multiple characters. Of course, there will be. This is going to be a single player cinematic narrative experience. Um, and I trust the guys at Crystal Dynamics to nail something like that. Gameplay looked cool. Presentation was great. I... I much to uh, our other MCU Marvel talks, I don't get where the hate comes in for this game. There, there's a lot of skepticism behind what this game looks like, and I just don't get it. Just like I don't get why people don't like Iron Man 3. Yeah, I knew you were going to go there, and if you didn't, I was. Uh, so I got to say, it um, it gave me a much better idea of what this game looks like, even though we had a fair amount of footage from last year with the reveal. Um, looking at the map, gives me a lot of excitement just how you this can was way more in depth to your point uh with regards to just looking at like the, just, the mission and, structure and getting, getting a feel for the game <laughs> yeah yeah for sure yeah like i i knew the premise uh, relatively speaking i knew kind of what some of the gameplay looks like but now i know what that in between looks like you know what is the story structure for missions and this and that um and i'll even though this is a unique experience, I got to say some of it seems like um, it's borrowed a, a page from what we saw with Spider-Man PS4 in 2018, where you can go out of out of order with your missions. You can do side missions. There's leveling up for all of your Avengers. They mentioned that your Thor will be different from this person's Thor. So that's kind of exciting. Um, even just like an aesthetic, you can uh, unlock different uh, superhero costumes and suits and looks for your characters. I think. Um, I think this was no small task to take on a game of this sort and try to make all of these Avengers feel like their own unique fighters. So kudos to Crystal Dynamics for doing that. And even though we haven't gotten our hands on it yet, it seems like they're really going to come through in accomplishing that. It looks like it's a, a pretty deep game. Yeah. Rashawn, why don't you give your, your thoughts on, on everything we saw here today? Yeah, man, this, this got me more excited. Uh, this was a game that added inception i was i was all for avengers game avengers game avengers game um and then there was i would say over the last maybe four to five months where i started creeping into that skepticism marriage because a lot of the gameplay i was seeing was kind of stale i felt like they were very quiet about it after launch for for a decent amount of time and i just i something was rubbing me the wrong way but they completely, and this is what I want. I don't want to be proven right with stuff like that. I want to be proven wrong like a thousand percent with stuff like this. And they've been at work, man. Uh, I love the, now when people compare it to Destiny, I instantly get kind of depressed. But based on what I'm seeing, um, I it's I, I, I still like what I see despite a lot of the, uh, a lot of the comments to Destiny just because some of the things that Destiny did, I, I didn't, I wasn't a huge fan I of. I think it takes all the, oh, Josiah's gone. I'm sure. As per usual, we won't what, cut because he'll be back in two seconds. What time? There is he is. What time? What, uh, what time is it? <laughs> I, we'd have to add two different two different timestamps. I'm not sure, but he's back. We got him. Um, so without missing a beat, I will say that I, I think they're taking all of the best things about Destiny. Like yes, Destiny did a yeah. lot wrong, um, but at its core, Destiny is a really cool idea, and the 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 customization uh, when it comes to in, in like. The, the, just like the RPG, like tweaking of your character, like when you add new gloves, like you you, you have a buff there, and you add new like all that kind of stuff. Like we saw a specific menu where you're, where you're customizing your character that looked like it was ripped straight from Destiny, and that's like the best part of Destiny is the character customization and like the the swapping elements and stuff like that. So if that's what they're taking from Destiny, awesome! But like they're taking the best parts of that game. Really cool. Yeah, the, the menus, the um, and one thing that and they're and they're listening to um. I think 
I think that's very important to note because I remember when this when it first got shown, the big thing everyone was talking about is this game looks like this does not barely looks like a current gen game. And you see you see the upgrades they've made with the graphics in that regard. Um, a big thing, like you talk about how they're doing things that, you know, doing like this service thing right, like at, right at the end, if you didn't catch it, they said DLC is free. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like extra content and stuff. That that is 100%. incredible, dude. So, like that 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 to me is already a huge win. So you're gonna be adding characters and maps and storylines and stuff for free. That's gonna be awesome. Yeah, I mean, so they came out right out of the gun when they announced that game. They said that all of the future stuff would be free. Like that's the, that's always been their message. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. And I think it's very clear that they're giving us a game first. Like we, so they they are giving us a complete game, and then they are going to focus and give us more live service stuff later. I don't think this game launches as a live service type game. It launches as like a, a complete narrative story, and instead of getting like this like fixed traditional dlc like we're used to we're gonna get more like live dlc we're gonna get stuff just kind of i think so i, I think it, i think they're trying something new here and i really i'm really excited for it yeah it and, seem- I, and, I, and, and i'm starting to understand because i think the thing that got me was taking me into that skepticism territory is that i remember when they first announced this game i forget the year but i remember when they first announced this game i remember they announced it and square specifically said don't talk to us about it don't talk to us to uh talk to us about this for years and I started getting into that torch where I'm like, this Avengers project, you made such a big deal. And I was getting to the point where I was like, where's the project? Now, now, I, now I see a lot of... It looks like a, a relatively unique experience, I got to say, from what they're, they're building. Though they've, of course, taken influence from other things, whether it is uh, different games or, or different iterations of different Marvel characters. I'm really, really excited to get my hands on it. Um, and of course, uh, if you're watching this video, I had to get snapped away during a Marvel discussion because why else? It would just not work narratively. So, uh, uh, so on that front, I really hope that there's MCU skins because they seem like they're going all in with like the traditional comic book skins, oh, def- which def- is def- super cool. There's definitely going to be. I really hope so. And, and if you didn't catch it, they they said that like, yes, there will be a marketplace where you can buy skins. Of course, like that's uh, that makes sense, right? But there will be tons and tons of skins that you can just unlock by playing the game. Like they had like a list of uh, not like a, they didn't show the skins, but they had like a a drop down list of the the ones that you can unlock for these characters they have what some of these characters 50 years yeah, worth of skins they can so go back much. and add uh, the only the only reason I, I I would wonder if they stay away from the the MCU is just to to like that that line like hey we are we are different like the the MCU was its own thing like this is a very different Avengers story I, I don't know if they want to yeah. to muddy those waters with more casual fans but please do it good point yeah they did such a good job with that for spider-man like i wanted all of those and i played as every single one i unlocked even just for a little i did too, yeah. I, did too. I went through every it. single one they were all great but <laughs> i think the animated one was my favorite one the animated so, series the, the cell shaded one um, yeah so good yeah it was so good i i imagine we they may do something similar here i want to say they they showed uh hulk from like uh, bearing the like Ragnarok they armor, did. but they I don't did, I don't know yeah. if that's necessarily d- related to the MCU and, though, because like Ragnarok, no, Hulk, no. Was, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there was that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's, there, there's some good stuff there, Jeff. Uh, we do, of course, have to get your opinion on this, and not only because you're on the show, but because you're wearing a Captain America shirt. For right. <sighs> uh, so tell us uh, just your your overall summary and thoughts on this. And as probably the guy I would imagine with the most comic book experience, any opinions on Modoc being the 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 big bad here? So I got to be honest, I'm really not super familiar with Modoc. Um in terms of comics, I'm 
I've read far more DC than I have Marvel. And I'm, you know, I've been trying to think about it since that reveal went down today. I can't remember what, if any, major Marvel events or stories that I've read that featured MODOK. I mean, maybe there's been one here where kind of on the periphery, but I, I can't think of too many that I've read at least where he was the primary villain. So I can't speak to him too much. I think my favorite thing out of this whole presentation today was that they showed that there's like missions that are exclusive to certain characters, or I should this way that characters have exclusive missions to them i like that because that's going to force players to become efficient with all of the characters and their unique skill sets as opposed to maybe just kind of finding a group with one and just pulling through the whole game that way and then this way you can have levels and missions designed specifically around those characters and their powers and as well their limits yeah, with this, uh, with how they have that structured, and even just seeing how full the map looked with all the different missions you could do at any given time, I feel like I'm just gonna blaze through all of this. Like, there's no way I'm not gonna just try to jump in as many different paths and side quests and you name it as I can because I, I want to spend a lot of time in this this world once that game comes out. Um, again, that is September 4th. Uh, that's gonna be on Xbox One and PS4. Nice thing is, uh, just like Cyberpunk, free upgrade uh, in the same console family when the next-gen consoles hit, so PS5 or Xbox Series X. Uh, so good stuff there um, all around. They Very nice showing. I think this was a really good uh, way to get people hyped for it, and we've just got a few months to go. One more thing to say about uh, in, Yep. Uh, go ahead. So the, w- with the main character, the, so this is a tweet from Tamar Hussein. Don't know if Avengers is going to be any good, but seeing Kamala front and center really puts a smile on my face. Never thought I'd see a Pakistani Muslim at the start of a video game, let alone with the Avengers in it. Super, super cool. Preach. That's that's a huge point to bring up as well. That's that awesome. Is, that's man. awesome. Yeah, I was surprised when they announced that she was going to be in the game, and as time went on and seeing how prominent she was, I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, we're going to get a Miss Marvel Disney Plus series at some point. She's going to be a part of the MCU in various movies, uh, Kevin Feige has stated. It's a character that I think people are really, uh, really stoked to see. So it's, it's, people fall in love with her now. It's very exciting. And, and everything I've seen from story cutscenes here uh, looks looks pretty fun. It's a character I want to get to know more, for sure. Uh, in more uh, Facebook news we we've got an acquisition here they've acquired a studio uh, ready at dawn so i know Dang. ready at dawn from the uh the order 1886 any any of you guys play that game i was really hoping unfortunately for yes. the order 1887 but i guess it's not going to happen wasn't that one like four hours long was yes. that the game i'm Liter- thinking of literally, literally, was it yes. a launch title or like a launch window title for ps4 launch launch window it was, yeah it was close it came out Came out like February the so after the PlayStation Three came I, out. Or, sorry, four or no I, three. When did it come? Four. Out? I'm sorry. PS4. Yeah, four. four. Right. PS4. Yeah. I believe I bought. Oh, this was a bad day for me. I believe I bought Order eighteen eighty six and Evolve on the same day. Oh and my com- yo! Ready for this? <laughs> combined. Combined. Paint you know sixty dollars for each of these games. Yeah, I believe I put in five hours total. Combined, yo, evolve. <laughs> we can, I can have a podcast on evolve. That game was so <laughs> underappreciated and undersupported. I will say as well, evolve sort of could have been such a cool, cool game. It really came and went. It could have been so awesome. No, it wasn't underrated. Like, it, wanted, it, yeah, like it, it, the, the premise was good. It's the underappreciated because it sucks, but I agree with everything you said after that. It does, but it does. Well, suck, then you would it. agree that it was appreciated appropriately. I yeah, would say, it, but it, it, I, I'll say this: I, I feel like I wanted 
and maybe it's my fault that I didn't get into Evolve more, but I wanted that one to succeed so bad. Me too. I feel like Titanfall came out a few weeks later, and that's what took my time. Yes. So I don't know it's if it's that I didn't like Evolve, but I just I, I played that so much more. I had a lot, I played the a lot of fun with that game. I think it had so much potential. It was like the first uh what's the name for that one? It's like four V one. It's like uh Ace there's a word for it. There's a word. I'm not sure. Come on. Well guys. in wrestling you call it a handicap match. We'll call it a handicap match. Yeah, I don't think that's it. No, it's not. <laughs> but it was the first handicap match game to really come out multiplayer wise. Um <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty then. You got me. Somebody take it from some. Somebody take the mic from him. No, Jeff got me. It's not my fault, man. It's a, it's a handicap. I'm laughing at my own joke. I'm an idiot. So am I. Sorry. Uh, Evolve was good. Like it, it, it had potential. It just wasn't supported, and it shouldn't have cost sixty dollars. And if it were to cost sixty dollars, it should not have so much more content. I think there was like two maps in it, and there was like. There may have Two only maps and like there only I think three you, or four characters. And I think you like all the characters had to have been played. It wasn't like Overwatch where there's like a bunch of characters and you select from like the ten or twelve or whatever. Like all of the characters had to be played. There wasn't options. Um I don't know. I think it's asynchronous multiplayer where it's where it, there's more on one side than the other. Something like that. There's a term for it. There's a real term. Like a real word. Actual I think one. Jeff's might be better, so we'll just change it. <laughs> All right, that's it. But back yeah. to Ready at Dawn, though, with the Order 1886. Good God, you, you poor man. You I didn't spend play that. money on, on both of those games. I, I, I spent, I wasted money on, on the Order, but... Uh, I have say, yep. Go ahead, Bob. I have the word, guys. The extended... It's asymmetric. Okay, go ahead. It's asymmetric multiplayer. That's the word for it. Non-symmetrical teams. Asymmetric. There we go. I got it. I nailed it. The extended edition of Return of the King is longer than Order 1886. <laughs> That's Yo, <laughs> yeah, I have, to, I have to watch that movie soon. I've never seen it, and I have to watch it for uh, a review. Really? Doing. I, I've seen oh, the, I've man. seen the non, I've seen the theatrical cut. Like, but I was a, one of those dumb kids and not really paying attention. So I'm rewatching these movies for the first time <laughs> and watching the the extended edition. Two towers, yikes! Long man, didn't need all those all those Very extra long. scenes. But uh, different podcast. Yeah, very different podcast. That's for LOTR reviewed. Yes. Uh, so with Evolve, like I feel like the concept was there. Just it felt very light on content. I know I mentioned uh, Titanfall was a big uh, dictator of my time, if you will. But when it came to Order eighteen eighty six, I actually don't think that's a bad game per se. It doesn't feel like a full game either. Uh, I would. So I wanted more of it. I wanted more of that world because i thought they had a really nice concept there uh it was really beautiful like they really did a nice job from a graphic standpoint mm-hmm. um it just was very 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 short as we talked about so unfortunately that was that and i i reviewed it it was the early days of the geekiverse and i wrote that uh i would love to have seen an or- order 1887 was uh don't don't think we're gonna get that. Was that the last game no. that they put out? Ready at dawn? Have they made a game since then? They did a VR game. Uh, I don't remember which one. Oh, if you just which you... which makes sense as to why Facebook's going after them because of Oculus. So okay, I don't know what that was. How it must have been well received yeah. to a degree, but uh, yeah, and it evolved. Same like so. I legitimately put in five hours between the two of those, and I remember Evolve being like ten dollars at GameStop later that summer, and that was it for me for like pre-ordering just every game sure. that I, I was coming out. It was like, all right, yeah, I remember take a doing step that. back, Josiah. Just take a step back. <laughs> it's ridiculous. You're throwing money down the drain. They're throwing it away. They, yeah, they've made so that, that was that. uh four games for 
Oculus Rift. They've made Lone Echo, which I've heard about, Echo Arena, heard about that, Echo Combat, and Lone Echo, uh, which must be like a re-release of the first Lone Echo, whatever. But I've heard of all of those, so they must be... Uh, they must be good VR games, which I can't speak to. I, legitimate, I was going to make a bad joke about you echoing the first game they made, but I decided not to. It's a good joke. It's probably a good decision. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, thank it. you. But yeah, by doing yeah. that, you just made the joke. Did I, mean, I, though? You made a statement, not a joke. Then again, based on Rashawn's Rasha- yeah. sense of humor, I guess you consider that a joke. I mean, but you wanted it to be... Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. <laughs> okay. Let's get to some, some, some serious stuff here. Let's cut the crap, okay? Guys. Oh, here we go. Guys. Come on. It's about time. Is this... It's not, it's not confirmed yet. But it's Rock never going Steady. to be confirmed. It's never going to happen. The game Guys. is going to come out before it's announced. They're just going to shadow drop them. the game. <laughs> I don't care. And you know what, Ty? Before, before you go, John... You I told me to let I, I, just, I just want the audience to know... If you watched our previous episode of Geek Scott Game, the next two, listen very closely. If you uh, go back and watch the last Geek Scott Game and then watch these dare. last two topics we're about to cover, take it away, Joe. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm listening. Dang. No, when, I thought you were going to say this made my predictions wrong. Yeah? Just go ahead. Just go. Yeah. Okay. My time's coming. Just, just go. Yeah, kind of, sort of. So Rocksteady is reportedly working on a game with a possible name of Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. What? It's a mouthful, but I'm all in. And I'm all in. Sign me up yesterday. By the way, we talked about five-year anniversary of Witcher 3. This is the five-year anniversary of Arkham Knight. So it's about damn time, not just for another crash game, but to find out what Rocksteady's doing. So where there's smoke, there's fire, I always say. And I think that this is happening. Some very credible sources here. Uh, Also, they uh, report that WB Montreal is reportedly working on a Gotham Knights uh, Batman game. So I can't believe that we're talking about Rocksteady, a new Batman game possibly here, Avengers, Crash Bandicoot, and shortly after we're going to be talking about Star Wars. And I guess if you take it up a notch, it's also crazy that we're going to be talking about Kingdom Hearts. Like, this is insane. Insane. Guys. I will agree with that. Rocksteady talking about like possibly Suicide Squad here. It's funny because it was just rumored to be Justice League for the longest time. So I guess it's not entirely wrong to say if Suicide Squad so I, oh, Justice League I, is the title. I've seen the Suicide Squad rumors like alongside the Justice League rumors. I've seen that kicked around for a oh, while. Oh really? Oh yeah. So that that that's been a rumor as well. They're they've both been out there. DC really wants to salvage the Suicide Squad property. I mean, it, with even how bad that first movie was. I mean, it was a, it, still a big commercial success and harley quinn is one of their biggest characters so they're doing everything they can to keep that a relevant property i mean they brought in james gunn to do the next one like right yeah between the next movie coming out they know that character they rocksteady knows harley quinn very well um and they always did a wonderful job with portraying that character um and you even got to uh to play as as her uh different portions of their game so I cannot wait if this is a thing. Uh, unfortunately, I, I imagine we're still not close to getting the release of Suicide Squad here. Um, I did make a prediction that the Batman game was coming this fall. I still believe that. I still, like, at any point, say that they could drop that and be like, hey, well, this is coming in October. It's they, a, it's the... they have an event in August, right? They have, like, this DC fandom yeah. event, and they specifically said yeah, they're going to be talking. They, they, the word games is, like, is in the description of the, yeah, like, the event. I it's would, a... T- I would bet you this that's still coming uh, this fall, and it just feels like October is, is the right time for it. So, uh, Rocksteady, I imagine that's next gen and we're far off. Uh, I don't know how many years that may be, but 
finally we're getting something here that's a, a little bit credible and uh the fanboy in me that is the the big batman arkham fan could not be more thrilled if this is real i hope it presents an opportunity for troy baker to return as joker because oh, yeah. i think he does oh, a yes. wonderful job voicing yes. that character it sure does it's kind of amazing to think that he was joel booker from uh from uh Bioshock, yep. mm-hmm. and and the Joker all in one year. That's yeah. all what, those games released in the same year. What a year! And and I, I have to look it up. I don't know if Assault on Arkham, the movie, came out that year too, because that's where he was Joker for the DC animated universe. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. It's a really good. good it's a really good movie too. That's one of DC's better animated movies. Now he's yeah, uh, I do enjoy in the Marvel universe. Is playing Banner for uh, right Avengers. Nice. Yeah, he's. He's all over the place, no doubt about it. I will say, uh, uh, I'll, I'll hop in here real quick, Joe. I, I got to be careful here because people are going to start thinking that I'm a rock steady hater and, and all this stuff. Listen, let me just clear the air real quick. Batman is my favorite superhero, bar none, no discussion, no debate. Rashad, the, the Batman Arkham games, mainly Arkham City, is one of my favorite games of all time. I would love nothing more then a court of owls, then Gotham Knights, then this Suicide Squad kills us. I think I want all of it to be true. I want all the games. I, I want all of it. I I just see these rumors from Rock. I just say I just see now Rocksteady reports, and I don't get depressed. But I just there's there's something in me that's just like there's a boy inside of me that wants this to be true, but then there's the man inside of me that's just like. Is is it really though? Yeah. Is it really? So, and if, if no, it is, I, this is going to be awesome. I'm, I, I just I've been world for Rock... how many years now? I'm, I'm... And then and then they even teased this with the with the with the Superman game. It's like, what are you people working on? If just if at this point, I would just like to know, like, and in all seriousness, hey, our game, this game won't come out till we don't we don't even know a release date. But here is a, an announcement trailer for one or two games. Just show us at this point what you're working on. I know you want to be secretive. I know you want to blow the world wide open with one of these game announcements. I get it. But man, we've been waiting for five years, man. It's just, it, it feels like something's on the horizon. I just want to see it. I just want to see it, man. I think I this is real this time because that event that we mentioned yeah. earlier, it's in August. It's a 24-hour digital event. I believe it's called DC Fandom. They are stacking that thing. They're talking about having the I've first seen, look yeah. at the Batman there, first look at the Suicide Squad there, talks about first looks at like Aquaman 2 and Shazam 2 there, probably the next trailer for Wonder Woman 1984. They've already mentioned that they're going to show off several so I think if the, if it's ever going to happen next month at that event is the time. Yeah, I'm look at our source that. too here, Eurogamer, right? Like that's 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 big. It is. It, and Rashawn made the the comment like you just want it to be real. It's always been real. They've always been working on this. I think they're just they just kept it under wraps. Like it, if it, if it's not ready, it's ready. The video game industry is notorious for saying, "Why are you showing us this so early? Why are we seeing a trailer if it's not coming out for five more years?" Well, like. They're taking their time because it's not ready yet. I mean, it's 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 been a meme because it's been so long. But do we want to see a trailer for a game that's gonna? Did we want to see this trailer three years ago if it's not going to come out for another two years from now? Like I, I no. don't know, right? No, for sure not. And no, that's that's a good point. My 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 thing on that is just. And again, maybe it's just them having fun, and everyone markets and does stuff differently. Like I, I get that. It's just 
the rumors specifically over the last year have just been. But that's not on them. Rumors left, are on them. right up down. I, I know. Right. I'm I'm just I'm just saying. It, it gets to a point where I'm I'm not blaming them. I'm just saying, just out of out of love. I'm just like show it to me. Like I'm not I'm not criticizing them. I'm with you there. I'm with I'm you there. I'm just saying. I just I just want to see it. What yeah. is it? Can I just say that it warms my heart that I am not the one that is going craziest for this and <laughs> was not the first one to utter the phrase on this episode. Rocksteady, what are you working on? Like I could make a highlight reel of me saying that, and it was Rashawn. So Rashawn, thank you, just thank you, from the bottom of my to, heart. I'm, I'm here to please, serve, and please, man. You know, <laughs> you, uh, yeah, I, I'm happy to hear your your opinions on Arkham as well. Is is <laughs> the the rest of the crew here knows how obsessed I, I, I am games, right? and with those games. Yeah. No. No. Yes, you should. Josiah I says say so. no, so uh, I guess not. I played. Uh, <laughs> should play those games i've played two of them and like really liked them but then just kind of fell off i felt i put so of of city and asylum which is the second one city city is the second played that one so i didn't play any of asylum i played a a good amount of arkham city had fun with it and then just that's one fell off i don't know and then night is the current gen entry right Yes, I played Arkham Knight. The, the, the yeah. end of the trilogy. I, yep. pl- I played yeah. the Batmobile. Yes, there's a lot of Batmobile. That thing was weird, but um, I played a lot of that one. That was fun too. And for, for whatever reason, like the I don't know why I fell off of either of those games. Something else must have come out, or I just like must not have been like fully, fully captivated. I do want to go back and give them another shot though, because I, I do, I do love Batman, and I, I hear great things, and I hear the way you talk about them. So, are they on Switch? Is that trilogy on you- Switch? No, no. no. The, um, I've, I've always like that. Anytime I do one of those list articles, that's the, that's, that's it. That's why me. I'm confusing I, it existing is because you probably talk about it so much. No, and I because, made I made an image with it for our article that has Arkham that looks like it was. I remember Switch, that. But I remember that. Yeah. But also, ironically, one of the Wii U's launch titles was an expanded version of Arkham City. I recall that. Ar- right. Arkham, sorry, Arkham City Armored. Yep. I yeah. That. And then wasn't Origins on? Wii U, Pav? Yes, we Origins which, was on Wii U. Which was the end of the 360 PS3 gen, and it was WB Montreal, so it was a Rocksteady. Mm-hmm. Still mm-hmm. still a good game, just not on the, the level of the other ones, I would say. Yeah, yeah John, like the way I look at these Arkham games is how I think you, you look and talk about Last of Us. Like That's where those are it does, it does that. It does that for Batman. It is... Oh, it's, it's, it's beautiful. I've played through those <laughs> games. Um, it... it Arkham Asylum and City at least two or three times each night. I have not played through again, but I will, um, especially as we get to whatever we're getting to here. And um, I, I want to say Asylum, I hundred percented City. I never quite got there. I got like ninety seven percent. And uh, Night, I just kind of I did complete the story, but I fell off after doing a lot of trophy hunting for that. So um, those games are just so special to me, and I have those to thank for my really taking my passion of gaming to a new level. Cool. Um, you know, obviously I talk about them a lot. Speaking of games we're passionate about, we've got two uh, news items left here. Rashawn, I'm just going to pass it right on over to you. Let's let's talk Kingdom Hearts Melody <laughs> of Memory here. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so on the last episode of Geek's Got Game, I, I believe that was the last episode, right, where we went over uh, predictions and whatnot, if E3 would have happened. Correct. Um, no, two episodes ago? Two episodes ago. Oh, two two episodes ago. Okay, so a month ago. Um, yeah, a month ago I sat here and I and I made the you know the assumption that if E three and everything was equal and the world was fine, that we would get an announcement of a brand new Kingdom Hearts game and it would come out next spring. Uh, well, 
Square must have heard that. They crinkled up what I said, and they're like, you know what? We're going to do that, but we're going to give it to you this year. You know, just 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 for you, Rashawn. And this this is great. Melody of Memory. Um, now, I will say it is not the Kingdom Hearts game that I was thinking. It, it, that we are talking a rhythm game here. Um, I was thinking more not Kingdom Hearts 3 level in terms of like a mass game, but definitely that type of game just in a smaller form like a like some of the other handheld games like a dream drop distance or birth by sleep or whatnot. But yeah, this is great news, man. Um, and Kingdom Hearts finally makes its debut on the switch. I know a lot of people have been waiting for that. I get that. It's not the collection that everybody wants. Um, I have to assume that's coming. I think, especially with my, with mine and the kingdom hearts communities love and lust to want soar and smash. I think it's just a matter before square and Nintendo buddy up, we get that collection on switch. Then by the way, boom, soar and smash. I have a, that, I have that fantasy in my head. Uh, but yeah, I think that the Kingdom Hearts community as a whole is ecstatic about this. I think I've seen a couple casual Kingdom Hearts fans and people not in the community saying this isn't the Kingdom Hearts game that we wanted. I don't know who's we. I don't know who they're talking about. But the, the Kingdom Hearts community at large is very excited about this because what the Kingdom Hearts games do is they take, like with Rechain of Memories, they take like a card-based system. They take all these systems and and they work it into a game and work it into a narrative. Now, does it create... It creates the it makes the series have the reputation it does to where the games are all over the place. Um, but I think it adds a lot of flavor to the series that it would otherwise need. Can you imagine if every game played like Kingdom Hearts 2 out of like nine or however many games are at this point? Not if every game played like Kingdom Hearts 2, if every game played like Kingdom Hearts 3, then people would say the game is stale and they can't innovate around what they do. Um, so I think I think in that situation, Square is kind of in a lose-lose situation, even though the gameplay for the mainline Kingdom Hearts games is fun. Um, but this is sweet. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, Kingdom Hearts, um, I think it's, in my mind, I feel like it should be a consensus, but Kingdom Hearts definitely, and I think the thing that makes it so special, it's up there in terms of best music and gaming. Like uh, there's there's Final Fantasy, obviously, there's Kingdom Hearts, there's there's the Persona games. Um, there, there's a bunch of games that are on that list, but Kingdom Hearts is definitely up there. That's why they get to get away with going on orchestras and stuff all the time. But uh, so they're taking all of this all time great gaming music, or, you know, especially Kingdom Hearts music, and just making a rhythm game out of it. It's going to be fun. Like, we're going to be jamming out to this game. I can't wait. Um, and there is a significant story in this, too, just like every Kingdom Hearts game. It is can it does have canon story. So you do see post Kingdom Hearts three uh, cutscenes in there, which is pretty cool. Um, in terms of the style, it's like they're taking Kingdom Hearts one art styles and stuff like that assets. Uh, for the actual rhythm game aspect, but for the important story cutscenes that'll further the plot of the series, that stuff is going to be in uh, Unreal Engine 4 or Kingdom Shader, um, as as Square likes to call it. And that's the significant story stuff will be rendered in that. So we're still seeing like, how will that work, which is pretty interesting. I even got it right that the game would kind of looks like it'd be centered around Kyrie, which, you know, I, I got that part right too, which is cool. So this is awesome. I, it, it, we don't have a release date. It, we know it's coming this year. I would have to guess September. Like, I don't think Square thinks that this is some, again, Kingdom Hearts 3 level blockbuster November, October game. I think this is like the the September game that you get to, you know, to smooth, like weave in there. So maybe you get Avengers and then maybe you get uh, Kingdom Hearts at the, at the end of the year or end of the year, end of September. Um, so that's my prediction in terms of release date, but 
yeah, they're doing some great things in that regard. And the only last thing I will say, um, because there actually was another Kingdom Hearts game that was released. Uh, Kingdom Hearts, yeah, Dark Road, the mobile game. Um, So we had good news. Now I have some bad news. (laughs) This game right here, you can barely see it. I'm being very bootleg with this. This game has been running since I got off work at like uh, 7 o'clock. It's just been doing this. This is the game. I'm not going to get into it because our topic isn't Kingdom Hearts Dark Road. Uh, Square, what the heck? Uh, <laughs> they had the previous mobile game, Union Cross, that people complained about, and you somehow made a worse game. Oh, no. <laughs> we won't get into that because we, we want, we're talking console games here. Uh, but no, Kingdom Hearts Melee Memory, great time to be a Kingdom Hearts fan still. We're getting content like ever before. I think this series is really on the verge of being as mainstream and as big as ever so this is awesome i I do want to i do want to say that uh i am interested in this game so i love first of all i love i love rhythm games i love the nintendo switch and i i don't even know the the right way to say this like i look first of all i love the music in kingdom hearts like that is the number one appeal to me i love the music i've only played 90 percent of one of the games but i still like go on youtube and watch like all of the like reveal trailers because the music and it's just so well done and it's so awesome i'm like morbidly curious about kingdom hearts and just the entire franchise and and the way people understand the story somehow regardless i i like kingdom hearts like i i like the concept and i I like that it's a thing and i I think it's so i think it's uh i think the art style is incredible and i I think it's such a cool thing that exists it's disney and final fantasy like why does that work it does apparently i think it's so cool i just the the gameplay really wasn't for me and i'm so lost in the story that like playing kingdom hearts 3 was not not the best call so more on me than it is on the series but um i I think i might try this out i don't know if i'm gonna get it right away but it sounds like a it sounds like it could be for me in in some ways and, and one last thing I'll say, because I know, Joe, you may have something to say just very quickly. But um, one quick thing I will say, too, in terms of my last comment, in terms of Kingdom Hearts being better than ever, this series, seeing this series just being a PS2 game that everyone loved as a kid and seeing it still surviving and the, despite the memes or whatever, it is still thriving. Like, I think Disney has realized from a high level overview that this series can print money. Um, thus this um for people that do spend money on that but we have kingdom we have two kingdom hearts mobile games we have again the whole dark seeker saga just finished that was 10 games that wrapped up with kingdom hearts 3 they went and this trailer um that they announced melody of memory in they're doing an entire like we knew this was going to happen another arc but they're taking like the best of everything disney like they took like marvel's phase mechanism we have a kingdom hearts phase two um, and that started with the Kingdom Hearts 3 DLC this year, this Dark Road game, Medley of Memory. And apparently there are still seven more. We don't know if there's seven more games. There are seven more entries in this phase. So another 10 entry or game phase that we're going. And I'm guessing maybe that includes a Disney Plus series of some sort. Um, they made like a little movie at one point in the previous phase. So this, it, it's there's some great stuff going on with, with the Kingdom Hearts teams. They have so many teams working on different projects and whatnot so rhythm games disney plus series hopefully mobile games despite what you think obviously the mainline games it's it's a lot uh so it's a great time to be a kingdom hearts fan and again for perspective fans it's definitely tough i think um 
you know, it, it does take effort to get into the series, but when, once you do get in, it's, it's full, full steam ahead. But anytime you talk to a kingdom hearts fan, I think John can definitely attest to this. I think even Joe, maybe whatever you've seen on social media, despite what you may, th- what we may think about a game or two, it's just nothing but love. Like the, the excitement around this franchise keeps growing. It doesn't die down. Generally series like this die down. It keeps, it keeps ramping up to, to new levels. So I, I, I love to see that. Hey, passion is, is contagious. And when you see a fan base like this kind of get rewarded for their patience um, on some of the bigger releases. And then, like you said, you've got a, a almost like a phase system coming up here. Um, it's, it's awesome to see, even if I don't, uh, find myself as passionate about the series. Um, real short, I am excited for the game. I don't know, uh, like John, if it'll be a day one for me, but uh, Rhythm Games, yep, check. Uh, Nintendo Switch, check. Um, and an excuse for me to jump back into to that universe, I think. Um, you guys know my opinion on music and how I think it tells stories within movies and video games. And uh, it Kingdom arguably Hearts- doesn't get better than Kingdom Hearts. Again, there's Final Fantasy and some other games. It arguably doesn't get better than than this. What, what, what to your point about music and storytelling? Kingdom Hearts three is from the get go, the opening twenty minutes uh, segment. It just it's beautiful. It's absolutely stunning. Um, the what's funny is when they started doing these. Uh, kind of live orchestra nights we actually had like uh a press invite to it but we could not make it work from a scheduling standpoint so the nice part is when this circles around again and we start getting those again Rashawn, now we've got you uh so hopefully to to make that happen um I will be the one member of the geeky versus that if y'all covering other stuff i will wait in that <laughs> line i will do it uh, de- depends but you know i will more than likely wait in that line depends on the game that it is you know if it's some some weird thing maybe i won't well uh, i guess it depends weird <laughs> final uh final news item here like i said uh, october 2nd is going to be a really nice day for me uh star wars squadrons uh was announced at uh actually before ea play what is it so in a nutshell star wars squadrons is a space combat game that delivers a single player campaign in various multiplayer modes outside of seeing your character in cutscenes and in lobbies you will never leave the cockpit once combat commences it's all about dogfighting and living the star wars spaceship fantasy coming to ps4 xbox one and pc this is not going to be a full 60 dollars release this will be 39.99 i'm into it uh i think if it was just about any other franchise i may not have been but it's star wars so of course i am i'm a sucker for star wars i am excited for this i'm excited to get a, a single player campaign i imagine it's not very long that's fine give me just a few hours in this universe it is written by the team at ea motive which is mitch dyer and crew and they delivered the campaign for star wars battlefront 2 that came out a few years ago to uh kind of mixed reception i enjoyed it for what it was worth uh we've been kind of clamoring for some sort of x-wing or tie fighter game hopefully that's what we're getting here uh we've got the campaign and then there's going to be two multiplayer modes uh one is called dogfight which is basically your your average death death match so you're playing um on teams and it's five V five with respawns, weapon loadouts, you name it. Uh, the winner is determined by kill counts. And the other thing, uh, the other game mode, uh, what's it called? Fleet. Uh, you can play fleet battles. Uh, so whether you're doing this in single player or online, you can take part in that. Uh, basically it's uh, bigger scale fighting and objective based. As I mentioned, easily excitable what do you guys think on this john does this pique your interest at all uh not personally in terms of do i want to play this no not really uh f- dog fighting games flying games in general never really been my thing 
do love my Star Wars, but this this is not something I will pick up. I'm kind of just excited that they're experimenting with the, the Star Wars franchise and doing something like this. Especially, I'm, I've always been a big fan of, of experimenting with price points. Give me shorter games and make them cheaper. That's awesome. I'm so I'm so for that. Uh, we we talk about a game like the Order 1886 that comes out and it's four hours, but it's a huge disappointment based on the fact that it was four hours and it was a sixty dollar game and it was marketed that way, right? If the Order 1886 was thirty nine dollars or maybe twenty nine, would we talk about it like a, would we meme about it like this anymore? Probably not, right? <laughs> so I, I'm a huge fan of especially a, an awesome franchise like Star Wars. Experiment. Give me give me different experiences. Not every game has to be cookie cutter, $60. Like, mess around. Uh, I'm really, really excited about that. So that's my biggest takeaway. Probably not going to play it. Yeah, they. I am very excited that they're not doing the full $60 on this. That's a little bit of a sign of, of goodwill. Uh, it's PR, it's awareness. They know it's a shorter game, uh, especially with what happened early on with Battlefront 2. Uh, they've built up some goodwill with all the DLC they released for that over the, the following two and a half years. Jedi Fallen Order, a critically acclaimed game uh, from Respawn. And now you've got this. So I think they're hopefully on the right path. Uh, Pavlak, any, any interest uh, whatsoever or does this intrigue you? I am 100% interested in this. Uh, conversely from John, I love Dog. I love um, the Star Fox fran- franchise. I was say, it takes you back to your Star Fox days. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but even more so, I've wanted a Rogue Squadron sequel for years. And I mean, this feels like the closest thing we're going to get to that. It feels like a spiritual uh, successor to them. Actually, it's, I mean, this is kind of perfect timing, too. I just got done rereading X Wing Rogue Squadron comics from Dark Horse Comics uh, just a couple of weeks ago. I purchased the trade uh, collections of those, and I reread those for the first time in many years. I love, uh, I love like the wars part of Star Wars. I love the Star Wars stories that don't focus on the Force of the Jedi, that focus more so on the military and uh, like the dogfighting uh, between Rogue Squadron and battles. I really like that. Uh, military sci-fi is one of. My- I'm definitely try this. Out. Yeah, I think. Uh- it's nice for fans who've been kind of clamoring for that long time X-Wing or TIE fighter game. Um, I think the story is it's a good spot. We're starting to fill in the blanks a little bit more so between episode six and seven. So we're going to get the new Republic versus the empire here for the main storyline. Uh, you know, it's all good stuff there. What's interesting is you can play this in VR. Um, so PS4, uh, PSVR, excuse me, and PC versions will both offer that VR support. Uh, not that that's a selling point for me, but hey, that's that's another nice little um, caveat there. Rashawn, how about you? Uh, what thoughts on this? Yeah, this is cool. Um, again, uh, like when it comes to gaming, like Kingdom Hearts is my favorite game franchise. But when we talk movies, it's Star Wars, man. It's it's in my DNA. It's in my blood. So anything like this. Um, I definitely got to check it out. Uh, and in terms of the gameplay aspect, I definitely didn't like when I played Battlefront Two. I didn't dive as much into the space combat, maybe as I would have liked. I was definitely more interested on the boots on the ground combat. But now, you know, a game that's prioritized around the space combat, like one of the best things about this Star Wars franchise is the space combat. Like this is this is pretty cool. Um, and I do like. I agree with you guys on price point and everything. I think just you know especially seeing this from like ea like you know it's it's pretty interesting to see like hey just give us a cheaper price point you know for a fact this isn't a 60 dollar game um don't try to capitalize off the star wars uh you know name name recognition and charge us 60 dollars for a game you know that isn't worth it so i love seeing that from ea it's shocking seeing that from ea 
Um, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm definitely all in. Um, probably would be a day one buy for me. It depends on you know what else comes out around that time. Uh, maybe I would delay it just a little bit based on what's what's going to be out in that you know week or two span around there. But yeah, this is awesome. It's crazy to me that I spent $120 in one day on the Order 1886 and Evolve when those came out. And I'm going to spend $100 here and get a Crash Bandicoot and Star Wars game on the same day. Shame on me. Shame on me. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be a good day, though. I think that's going to be a good day. I can't wait. Uh, It's going to be a better day than Order and Evolve. It can't get worse than that. Um, Pavlok, I don't know if you saw the cameo from uh, your favorite Star Wars character in there. I do like Wedge. Good dude. Yeah, Wedge. We got also uh, Harris and Dula from Star Wars Rebels. So good stuff all around there for uh, keen-eyed Star Wars fans. <laughs> Last thought on this, no microtransactions. So you're not going to pay for anything. Um, I th- I don't know if they, they talked about uh, cosmetics, that being a thing, because that, that is typically a thing in these games. But whatever, it, there's no pay to win. All of your progression is entirely from playing the game. So, you know, another nice lesson learned from the early days of Battlefront 2. Can we give some props real quick to not EA? They're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Can we give some credit to the Star Wars fan base, please? Especially the gamers. EA has learned a hard lesson. Don't mess with the Star Wars fan base. They tried it twice with the first Battlefront we let them get away with it. You know, it's like, okay, it's your first <laughs> time back, whatever. And yeah, in the, in the yeah. first battlefront, it, it was enjoyable in, in sprints, but again, that's a perfect example. When I'm talking about that game, wasn't $60, a $60 game. That was maybe mm-hmm. a $40 game. They tried it again with battlefront two and we blasted them and look at the power that gamers do have over these corporations like EA, arguably the most money grubbing, like, voted multiple years in a row as one of the worst companies and sometimes the worst company like and even they had to bow to to the star wars fandom like credit to the star wars fans like now we're getting games that we deserve like we're getting price points we deserve fallen order is the first step um you know again this game can still be bad but optics is key optics $40 game. They know it's not worth they know it's not it's not going to be worth a $60 price tag. Um no microtransactions. Like this is a game that could have easily been littered with you know tons of you need these microtransactions to to progress through the game. Um so I, I love seeing that and you know we only owe that to the Star Wars fan base. If we would have all been chills and kept playing Battlefront like a lot of us bought Battlefront 2 on release, but if we kept playing Battlefront 2 the way it is and didn't voice our frustrations, this game would be, you know, just as bad. So we're, we're getting the games that we deserve as a fan base. And that, that's, that's my biggest takeaway from seeing all the news and the good stuff about this game. There, there is a lesson to be had there. They were listening. Uh, I certainly helped that Disney stepped in and said, Hey, you know, cut the crap here. Let's, let's fix this when it came to battlefront two. Um, and the other thing too, you know, if this is not a good game, it's only $40. So, um, for what that's worth, that's, right. that's it won't a lot be better. As, like if this ends up being like, it'll be upsetting. Cause like, Oh no, Wars game that's bad but it won't be like i don't think it'll be get the pitchforks out like it was for <laughs> battlefront battlefront 2 at launch like they made battlefront 2 with all those free updates that is maybe the best uh that's one of the best like third person first person however you want to classify it like shooting game experiences of the of the generation in my opinion it, it turned out to be that way um and i think even 
again, it's crazy to say, but I think even Bungie, like I know they do a lot of decent stuff with Destiny and, and they're they're getting better with that. But I think even they can take notes from a lot of the things that EA has had to do um, with, with the Star Wars property from a gaming standpoint because of obviously, you know, Bob Iger's influence and Disney's influence being like, hey, enough, it's enough. You got to stop this. Um, and obviously the fan influence, too. Um, so I think a lot of the gaming industry can learn a lot about this because it's pay- it's paying off. Like you come out with Fallen Order, amazing game, critically rated, all that good stuff. And if this game ends up being great, it's another it's another step in the right direction. It's momentum, and I think uh, it, the you know last thought here. The only thing that makes me a little bit crazy is on an earnings call um, in the last week, the CEO of EA said that they were going to double down on Star Wars games because of the success of Jedi Fallen Order. And I wanted to be like, what have you been doing since 2013? Star Wars fans want games. We'd pay for games. You, you could throw out two or three a year. And people like me would be like, I'm going to buy it. You know, that's just how it is. So that they're finally doing that. Um, I'm excited about it. Uh, just, you know, it's been a long time coming. We're, we're finally getting some Star Wars games here. Um, we're going to wrap this episode up of Geek Scott Game. We, we had a lot of incredible news today. Get in the conversation with us. Go to Facebook.com slash The Geekiverse or on Twitter at the underscore Geekiverse. Tell us what's your favorite news item. Are you excited for, for Crash? We had Kingdom Hearts talk. We had Star Wars. We had talked Last of Us. We want to get into all of it with you. So interact with us on those platforms. Uh, we'll we'll find out where everyone is here on the show on social media as well as some plugs for the Geekiverse. I'm looking around on the video version if you're watching. Uh, we Jeff's got a Captain America shirt on. I've got my butter knife shirt on, which is from 26 shirts, and uh, John is wearing uh, one of uh, the 26 shirts shirts uh, Buffalo Marvel edition. So Man, John, I mine. Should I can't I? see what you're wearing. What are you, no, what are you wearing? I'm saying, I'm saying I, I would have worn mine. I threw my Kingdom Hearts shirt on for today. Come on now, I'm Sorry. Elliot Bowery. You know, got to get excited. I would have worn my. It's, uh, no, it's fine. It's fine. We're you know, 26 shirts is well represented. Uh, the, a division of them, Fantastic, uh, is an integral part of one of our favorite shows, uh, which ties into Jeff's shirt as well with Captain America. So, John, why don't you tease uh, what we're going to be talking about on the next edition of our new favorite show? Yeah, so the MCU Reviewed is a, a show that we've been doing uh, weekly. It's been a lot of fun. So uh, myself, Josiah, Rashawn, every once in a while, Dell Reed from 26 Short Shirts hops on and uh, hangs out with us. But the three of us every week, we talk the MCU. We're going through week by week talking about each and every film. We just posted our episode of Thor The Dark World. It is only up from here. Uh, this week, we got to talk uh, Captain America. What's the name of that movie? It's so forgettable. Um, Winter Soldier. <laughs> first, of, uh, the Winter Soldier. Sorry, um, <laughs> Rashawn. I'm just, I'm just trying to get a rise out of you, my friend. It's all right. It's all right. We'll talk, we'll, we'll have it out even on the episode. Jeff, even Jeff, even Jeff shook his head. Just like we'll, 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 we'll talk about it on the episode. We'll have a great conversation. Y'all should check it out. It's going to be fun. Half the room is right about the uh, Iron Man three opinion here. John, where uh, where can people find you on social media to talk about things such as Iron Man and Captain America? Uh, you can find me at Disruptoid on Twitter, uh, but I'm a boring follow. Instead, go on Twitter, tell somebody who makes something cool that you appreciate it. Uh, the other day, I tweeted out that The Outer Wilds is the best music in games. Hyperbolic, controversial. It's my favorite music. The composer of the music of that game, uh, Andrew Pravo, liked that tweet. People only hear when people have criticism. They usually only share it if it's negative, right? The, if you're mad about something, you're going to talk about it. You're going to you're going to spew that out there. Not many people go out and talk about things they love. So find a game you like, find a, a movie you like, and and thank the people who made it. 
That's a great message. I could not agree more. People uh, are not loud enough when there's something to to be praised or positive about. Get uh, get passionate about it. See Share this, that. Ladies and gentlemen, John Fick does have a heart. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Jeff Pavlock, what's going on with you? you can find me on Twitter at Jeffrey Pavs and on Instagram, Jeff Pavlock. We have made so many references to past Geek Scott Game podcasts on this episode. I think it's only right to refer to everyone, everyone listening to our previous podcast. Most recently, we talked about the PlayStation 5 press conference, which we all agree was one of the best presentations we've seen in a long time. If you are any kind of Sony or just gaming fan in general, I highly recommend check that out. I think we delved into all the topics very well. Something pretty interesting about one of the any of the games that were but I can't imagine there's a gamer out there who wouldn't have been interested in something. I think that's fair. Uh, we, we've had a lot of fun with this show, especially in, in switching to the bi-weekly format. So we appreciate everyone who's come along for the ride. Rashawn, you've got a lot going on when you're not platinuming the, your favorite game, your most recent game, I should say. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, you can catch me here on our bi-weekly show, Geeks Got Game. Catch me here bi-weekly. You can catch me... Uh, monthly on our Disney Plus podcast. You can catch me every week on the MCU Reviewed. And outside of here, follow me on Twitter, TrueKingZero, all the gaming stuff, all the uh, definitely more gaming, I would say. Not as much movie talk as we do sometimes on these shows, but definitely gaming talk. Follow me on Twitter, comment on the latest news and whatnot on there as well. Um, And then if, you know, we're all gamers here, Twitch streams, man, Twitch streams are bigger than ever. Well, I know a lot of people are coming out of quarantine and whatnot uh, now, but if you still have some time on your hands, stop by one of my Twitch streams. We've been streaming The Last of Us Part 2. I have streamed every minute of my experience with this game, which has been great. Um, so I'm starting to get the ball rolling, starting to get more of a consistent thing going here. But yeah, that's true King Zero as well. So if you want to see some Last of Us 2 and want to chat with your boy, come through. If not, hey, well, we've got a bunch of other games that we got coming out that I'll definitely be checking out on there as well. I am at Josiah D. Leroy on social media. Uh, you can find me talking about very similar things to these gentlemen here. Uh, I want to say a special uh, shout out. Thank you uh, to everybody who tuned in last week uh, on the opening night of The Last of Us Part 2. Tim Talbot uh, from DadCast, my, my partner over at uh, DadCast. He streamed uh, for a good 10 hours or so, I, I believe. And uh, we gave away a copy of, of the game. Uh, so, you know, thanks to to the winner on that one but more important than all of that uh we raised over six hundred dollars for oshai children's hospital which is in western new york if you're not familiar uh that is a a place near and dear to a lot of people's hearts uh, especially uh, some people involved with the geekiverse who have had uh, some tough times personally so we got to say thank you for doing that we did not anticipate that we would get anywhere close to that number can't iterate how uh, how much it truly means to to us. How much I'm sure it means to to the hospital there. Uh, they do such a w- wonderful job in taking care of not just the children there, but the the families involved. So thank you for being a part of doing something good um, here at the Geekiverse. It just it's a beautiful beautiful thing. Tim, great job by the way, streaming for that long and and doing what you did. Big kudos to him for getting out there and promoting that. Uh, in a few weeks' time, I think we're hopefully going to be talking about uh, the Xbox Series X. We've got a 2020 event coming up from Microsoft in July. We don't know what date that is just yet, if I'm not mistaken. So you can check us out there, whether it's youtube.com slash thegeekiverse or on any major podcast streaming station, whether that is SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Play, you name it, we are there. 
For John, for Jeff, for Rashawn, I'm Josiah. We appreciate you taking the ride with us this week. We'll catch you in just a few weeks' time. I hope you have a wonderful night. Take care.